you just talk, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to start the show off, I mean, yeah, I, uh, I gotta say like I had, I have my money on John John. So I'm not sure how many of the people in the audience are UFC fans. Uh, unfortunately, if you're going to watch a show, if you're going to watch and listen to a guy show and it's got me involved, we're going to talk MMA at some point, like sooner or later, we are going to have to, how about now? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Perfect. Okay. There we go. Sorry about that. Yep. everyone. All right. So here's, here's hey. the, no, something, something I discovered though, like something I discovered, I didn't realize that Rory, I would have thought like, you seem like the, t- I didn't realize that Rory, I would have thought like, you seem like the type to be one, but you're not an MMA fan and neither is Karthik. Michael is an MMA fan, but uh, Michael, you know, is slightly indisposed for the time being. And uh, we're, you know, we're still the type to be one, but you're not an MMA fan and neither is Karthik. Michael is an MMA fan, but uh, Michael, you know, is slightly indisposed for the time being. And uh, we're, you know, wishing him the best of luck while he Dude, you have, a bit no, of a... you have no idea the fact that I don't follow sports whatsoever. Like, I play sports, but I don't, I've, yeah. like, never really followed them. Like, you don't um, even watch football? Not really. I, I've just wow. never been, like, I mean, I watch it. I, like, understand it. I played it. Um, but I've, I'm not, like like a fan, you know what I mean? Like if there's mm-hmm. something, if I'm on my own, I won't put on it. I played it. Um, but I've, I'm not like, like a fan, you know what I mean? Like if there's mm-hmm. something, if I'm on my own, I won't put on a game. I'll just do something else. A game. I'll just do something else. I uh, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. You see, you seem like the type you, I know. Right. Like one of my, one of my ex-girlfriends is so pissed. She's like, I met you, you were at the gym, you seem like a totally normal, very sporty guy. And then, and then like, all I'm doing is playing like Mountain Blade for like 10 hours straight. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you knew the monster you were, <laughs> little did you know. Yeah. I, I, I am also uh, like, I, there's sports I can play, sports I can't. Like I can't, you know, I've got all this height, I can't play basketball. Um, I do play, play football. Uh, I played wide receiver in high school. Uh, I used to wrestle um i've done yeah i've done like uh muay thai for or i've done some martial art for another since i was like 13 years old but uh yeah uh mma like that's been my jam ever since like the ever since ufc first existed like way back when john mccain was calling it human cockfights ufc first existed like way back when john mccain was calling it human cockfighting and wanted to make it illegal like that's how long i've been into mma and i gotta say like uh this is probably, and the the UFC heavyweight division has never really been all that inspiring. But I gotta say, this has got to be like the worst it's, it's probably ever been. So, How so? Uh, because they're just like there's not a competitive field. So in most of the lighter weight divisions, there there's a fairly competitive field. But most of the lighter weight divisions, there there's a fairly competitive field. Uh, Kamaru Usman, who is a, a welterweight, and people were comparing him to Georges St. Pierre as far as like his potential for dominating the welterweight division. I mean, he got upset uh, a couple of UFCs ago. He, he lost his belt. Uh, there's uh, Israel Adesanya. He ended up losing his belt. Uh, so like it's 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 like every every belt in every weight division has just got fierce competition, but the heavyweight division has never really been all that competitive. Um, and you know, oftentimes, uh, guys who end up holding the belt for, you know, for, uh, after winning it, um, in one fight can lose it the next. The only guys that have really mm-hmm. been dominant in the heavyweight field have been, uh, I would say like Stipe Miosic, who was the, uh, the title holder before he ended up losing to Francis Ngannou. Ngannou 
famously in, ended up leaving the UFC after he couldn't come to an agreement with his contract. Uh, he felt like he wasn't getting paid what anywhere near what what his value was. And I, I, I fully agree with that. He wasn't getting paid what anywhere near what what his value was. And I, I, I fully agree with that. Um, so, so Nganu ended up beating Stipe um, and held the belt long enough to fight Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon is a fairly well-rounded fighter uh, from France. Uh, after uh, he took uh, Francis Ngannou the distance, he took him all five rounds. Cyril here, Cyril gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but he he, uh, he ended up taking Francis Ngannou all five rounds, which is impressive because Ngannou is a guy that has like the knockout power to put guys like like Alistair Overeem on his back. Alistair Overeem was, you know, again, like another super dominant heavyweight. He ended up taking Francis Ngannou all five rounds, which is impressive because Ngannou is a guy that has like the knockout power to put guys like, like Alistair Overeem on his back. Alistair Overeem was, you know, again, like another super dominant heavyweight. Like this is a guy that just like walks into the ring and beat up Brock Lesnar. Just like made him look stupid. Um, and uh, John Jones uh, walked into the ring this past Saturday. And within three minutes, he submitted Cyril Gaon, who was the same dude that had taken Francis Ngannou through all five rounds. So in the heavyweight division, I just don't think there's anybody that can beat John Jones. Now, the thing about John Jones is that he's had a fairly lengthy and prolific career. He was the youngest UFC champion of all time. He won he first he won his first belt at 23 years old. Um, and his, he I think he dropped one fight in a disqualification. But uh, ever since then, he has not lost a fight. Like the guy just doesn't lose fights. Well storied rivalry with uh, Don Cormier, who was a light heavyweight that ended up moving up to the heavyweight division and, and won a belt in both divisions. Uh, so I think he was the only title holder, uh, the only person to uh, to have held uh, to uh, the light heavyweight and the heavyweight division at the same time. He ended up having to vacate the light heavyweight belt. Um, and so uh, he, he fought John Jones twice, and John Jones beat him up both times. The, uh, the first time, uh, he was found to have uh, tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, and then ended up uh, he was found to have uh, tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs, and then ended up getting stripped of the belt. The belt ended up going to Don Cormier. But then when he returned uh, after a hiatus to you know deal with his suspension and some personal issues, which we can get into in a minute, uh, he came back and beat Don Cormier again. He also I like the, ended up, the documentary you sent me. It's like he tested yeah. positive for performing enhancing drugs, and then it's just like him talking about cocaine. I'm like, that's it's the oldest yeah. <laughs> performance enhancing drug around, baby. Let's no. Go. He, he actually during a during a press conference, like Don Cormier was sitting across from him, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he was like, "Yeah, but I beat you while I was high on cocaine, dude." So, and the thing is, he can actually say shit like that because he is he is. I mean, well, I feel his, like that's also in his private not... life. He's a yeah. Ahead, I feel like ahead. that's also like not really. It's like I beat you while I was high on coke. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's not like I beat you while I was like, like I beat you while I was blackout drunk or like I just like smoked yeah. a J. Like being high on coke, it's like no, I could definitely see how you could maybe like beat somebody. You would, you would, probably, I, you you could would probably I, be better, like, be better. I, I would think you'll make a lot of mistakes. Like I've I've never done cocaine, but I know what it's like to be on some sort of an upper, and. uh I will say that it, it would you'll probably gas yourself super early. You're not going to be careful. You're going to take uh, you're going to take insane risks. So the I fact like that the he wasn't 
The, I also like the way that John Jones's excuse was like, "I've done cocaine one time." It was the right before they had that test. How did they know? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's that's, also that's like such an yeah. awesome excuse. It's just like, yeah, I only did it once last. It's such an yeah. awesome excuse. It's just like, yeah, I only did it once last night. Like okay. last night. Yeah. Well, he's also like a tremendous liar. But uh, I, I mean, like in the guy's personal life, he is a terrible human being. He had a he had a really I think sterling reputation as. Yeah, a guy that like people could look up to. He like you know brought honor to his to his belt and to the UFC. Um, and then during his rivalry with with uh, Don Cormier, the true side of him started to come out. So when he was uh, there was a uh, a Swedish fighter, which was like the only fighter to really take it to him at that time, which was uh, Alexander Gustafsson. And during that time, like he showed a lot of honor and a lot of like uh, humility, respect towards his opponent. But during the Don Cormier, uh, back like all the way from the time that they met the time they got in the ring the first time they just fucking hated each other like uh during their um uh their 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 face-off they ended up getting into a fight um don got in his face john pushed them and then they got into a brief scuffle knocked over the backdrop and then they interviewed on espn after that and uh, while a mic was hot and jones didn't realize it he's you know he's in one room being interviewed don cormier is in the other room and knocked over the backdrop and then they interviewed on ESPN after that. And uh, while a mic was hot and Jones didn't realize it, he's, you know, he's in one room being interviewed. Don Cormier is in the other room. And so, like, John Jones is, like, playing okay. around how with his earpiece. Spell, how, do you play, how do you play spell Don Cormier? Because I just quickly Googled C- it. C-O-R-M-I-E-R. Cormier. Really? D-O-N? Don? D-O-N? D-O-N, yeah. Don? Last name Cormier. Oh, sorry, Dan, Daniel, Daniel Cormier. Why do I think of Daniel Cormier? Why do I think of Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, God. Sorry. Okay, because I'm looking, I'm like, looking at this. No, I'm, I'm thinking, like... no, no, you know, I'm thinking UFC heavyweights, and for some reason, Don Fry is in my fucking brain for whatever reason, but it's Daniel Oh, Cormier, so okay. Oh, God. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was, like, looking at these guys. They're all, like, it's like the Northumbrian Fairy Association <laughs> obituary for Don Cormier. <laughs> Don Cormier. No, it's Dan Cormier. I was thinking, like, I, I got to mix up yeah, with Dan yeah. Fry for, for whatever reason, because they look so much alike. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, so John John is uh, fiddling with his earphone, right? And then so while they're waiting to be interviewed, he's like, hey, pussy, are you still there? And then Cormier is like, I can't believe you, man. I can't believe how much, how fake you can be, how much you can just turn it up for the camera. And John Jones is like, thank you. I'm a professional. And then uh, DC, Dan Cormier is like, man, I wish I, they'd let me in the other room so I could spit in your face. And John's like, you know I'd kill you, right? Like, I would absolutely kill you if you did some stupid shit like that. And Don's like, well, you, you, think, you think I'm just going to stand there and let you kill me, John? He's like, well, I bet you I could. Like, I, I'm not saying that I would fight you. I'm saying I would kill you if you did some stupid shit like that. So that's when the mask really came off for the first time, and his reputation went down the tank. Uh, he got into all kinds of personal problems. He, like, crashed his car into a pregnant woman. Uh, he got into a domestic with his wife. He, you know, testing positive for PEDs, testing positive for cocaine and all kinds of shit. Like, he just wasn't able to keep himself together for any lengthy period of time. So he's been out of the UFC for three years. And the thing is going from going from light heavyweight to heavyweight is a way different beast than going from like than dropping weight classes. Cause yeah. when you when you drop weight, like it's granted like there is a hell of a lot of work to be done. You have to cut like water weight right before the weigh in. You gotta make sure that your diet is on point. Like there's so much that you have to do to maintain your your physical condition. But when you drop weight classes 
oftentimes it's like easier for you to move around. You're not carrying as much weight, like the, uh, the, the fat loss and even the muscle loss is much easier on your joints, but it's the exact opposite when you're going up a weight division. So when you're going from light heavyweight to heavyweight, like he's like, you could see the difference between him fighting at light heavyweight where he was like very tall, very gangly, but also very fit. And at heavyweight, he's just very big and bulky, but he did the right thing, which was to put on the weight over a slow period of time, rather than just a crash diet to make that heavyweight cut. And uh, I, I think that people expected even then that he was going to have some trouble with a guy as prolific as Cyril gone. He just went in there and made him made it look like, like he was fighting a, a fifth grader. It was insane. Like, Cyril gone landed like a landed a low blow on him. Uh, John wrapped him up, um, pulled him down into into wrestling. Which the fact that he's got such long limbs would normally qualify him as somebody who's naturally a striker. So in in mixed martial arts, there's your strikers, there's your wrestlers, there's your grapplers. Grapplers are guys who like do like Brazilian jiu jitsu, valet tudo, Russian sambo, those kinds of martial arts. Um, and then there's people who are very good at like mixing it up. So somebody who's good at, at uh, mixing it, even though he's much more known as a, as a wrestler, is uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, the guy, that was the guy that had that long-standing feud with um, uh, fucking Irish dude. Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Um, come on, chat, help uh, me out. McGregor. Having an old man moment. Conor, Conor McGregor. McGregor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had a they had a they had a long-standing feud, which like culminated in during their fight. Um, there was an actual like brawl that spilled out into the audience, but uh, Habib is is a very gifted striker. He's a good grappler and he's a good wrestler. Like these Dagestani guys are like MMA supermen. Um, a really good wrestler would be uh, that the former welterweight champion uh, Usman uh, Kamara Usman. Um, that's his background is wrestling. Same thing with uh, Daniel Cormier. He he came up as a wrestler as well. He's an Olympic wrestler. So wrestlers tend to have explosive power. Um, they. You can you can almost mix it up with like BJJ, except that wrestlers will do slams. They'll do very good takedowns. Their submissions are oftentimes very simple. It'll be like a rear naked choke, a guillotine choke, an arm triangle, like moves that are very easy to cinch in, but also easy to submit people. Whereas uh, grapplers, they'll they're the ones that are like super flexible. These are guys like uh, Fabrizio Verdum. Um, Babalusa Brawl, like these are guys that are trained. I'm sorry, to what's be able his name? To... Babalusa. His name is Renato Sobral, but he like his nickname is Babalu. Um, these are guys uh... that will like lock you up into like a Brazilian triangle choke. You know, like you, they'll be on the ground on their back, and they're still dangerous while they're on their back. So you'll like go in attempting a ground and pound, and then they'll just like grab you and put you in some complicated fucking like wind choke or like an arm lock and submit you really quickly. So they're dangerous from almost any angle. Um, a really good striker would be like Israel Adesanya. Uh, they call him Stylebender because the guy's mixed martial arts style is just like so insane. Uh, guys like Michael Venom Page are also insane strikers. Like Michael Venom Page could do like a movie stunt and knock you out with it. Like he could do like a sideways flip and kick you and, and still knock you out. Uh, guys like Wonder Boy, um, you know they're, they're very prolific. Also, I like the way that they, yeah. they stick like uh, like they it's like Michael Venom Page. Like that's his full name. <laughs> well, his name is yeah Michael Page, and they call him Venom. He's yeah, like, but he's it's like, like the way yeah, it's like yeah, it's like you know like Michael Venom Page, like Michael V Page. <laughs> that's his like, <laughs> like his middle name. Yeah, so, I think my friends know. call me Venom. Uh, it was named after my favorite uh, spinoff Spider-Man series. I mean, yeah. Um, so, okay. So Michael Page, he, he fights in Bellator. He doesn't fight in UFC. 
he actually had uh he ended a guy's career and I, I don't think he even meant to do this he just you know he saw his opportunity he took it he uh was fighting this brazilian fighter um cyborg santos so santos has uh the same nickname as his girlfriend um chris cyborg chris cyborg was the one that got knocked out by amanda nunez um in the ufc women's division so anyway cyborg santos uh, when he was fighting Michael Page, went in for a takedown. Like he, he like ducked his head, went in for a takedown. Michael Page, the thing is, like he has almost like this foresight. It's almost like he sees what you're going to do about a second and a half before you actually do it, and he's just so sick with it. His counters are fucking insane. So before Santos had even got his head, is like his body all the way down into the takedown position. Uh, Page was like he already had his leg reared up for a flying knee strike. And when he made contact with uh, Cyborg's head, he cracked him like right in the middle of his forehead between the eyes, knocked his ass out immediately. He goes over to the corner, he grabs a fucking Pokeball, puts on like the Ash Ketchum Pokemon hat, and rolled the Pokeball at, at Cyborg. Which he, uh, I think he ended up regretting because it, he ended up, he ended Cyborg's career with that knee strike. Uh, he hit him so hard that he caved the guy's skull in. Like the front of his skull was like was actually crushed. So that's that's your striker. Like a, a strong striker will be tall, they'll be gangly, but they're insanely strong with their strikes. So I say all that to say, John Jones, for like, is an absolute fucking freak of nature because he's able to combine all of those quantity all those qualities into one person. I, I don't think there's ever been anybody in mixed martial arts history, not in UFC, not Bellator, not Affliction, that short-lived promotion, not in Pride, like not nowhere have you, will you find as complete a fighter as John Jones? So, you know, a lot of people are saying that uh, he's the greatest of all time. And a lot of people are very mad about him being called the GOAT because he's got such a, a checkered personal history. Okay, so maybe, look, here, here's my idea, right? Yeah. If no one can beat him, maybe we this needs to be like an Ivan Drago situation where like <laughs> we're like like in, like you know to 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 stand up for like I don't know like woke people or like people you know that maybe don't like him for his personal stuff. We get a guy who is like super super progressive and just put him on like PEDs for like two years. <laughs> yeah, JonTron. <laughs> John Tron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get like we just uh, get him whacked out. We just like put him through the paces. Get and fucking uh, get get Hassan Piker. Get Hassan Piker to you know he's he's pretty tall. I always see like six. He's, yeah, I think, yeah. I, he, I, he can fight at heavyweight. Yeah. 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 Wait, hold on. How how tall is John Jones? He's John Jones is also like six four. Oh, he's the same height as I could do it. I'll do it. There we go. Uh, it'll be you. Okay. I, yeah, I will. I'm gonna, I'm gonna will tell you. Go. I'm gonna tell you right now. You can't fight John Jones. It's not. It's not gonna happen. He's, he's got like you're, too, you're too nice. You don't have that. You don't have that killer instinct. You don't have that internal violence. Okay. Well, maybe right. I can become racist. <laughs> 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 maybe. Become. Maybe I could. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could do. Yeah. I'll, I'll like. Well, here's the thing. I'll just do so many steroids that'll become angry. Like I will. Okay. I will actually like abuse steroids. That will cause. I'll give myself CTE. I'll like roll down the okay. stairs like fifty times, and then like I'll start to have like brain problems, so that like I can't regulate. The anger. thing is, you but you actually have to be like you actually have to be a peak performance to. to I mean, talking about beating a guy like John Jones, is it that it's even a possible thing? Like no one's actually 
done it. Like no one's actually beat, like no one's finished him. No one's tapped him out. No one's TKO'd him. Like it just hasn't happened. So I, dude, I don't care how good you get. It's just not going to, you, you have to wait until age, like until his body breaks down enough that a competitor can come up through the ranks and defeat him. He's all like, he's almost yeah. like uh, Anderson Silva that way. So Anderson Silva was this fighter from Brazil um, that also fought at light heavyweight. And Silva was, again, just a dominant force. And it was a leg injury that took him out. So uh, first, well, actually, no, it was, it, was own, it was his own cockiness. Silva had this habit going into his last, like, three or four fights where he would basically just, like, like goof around during the fights. Like, he would drop his gloves. He would, like, bobble his head, right, when people would throw punches at him because he's also a guy that had, like, as uh, – McLooney says uh, the ultra instinct where he can like, he can just see what it is you're doing just by like where your eyes are or what the muscles that are twitching as you're about to strike. So he'll slip punches like, like prime Mike Tyson. Like there's this one uh, fight that he had against Forrest Griffin where Forrest was getting backed up against the cage. And then he came back with this barrage of punches and kicks. He throws a punch, Silva ducks the punch. And then he like, sorry, he, he slipped the punch and then ducked the kick. But he was looking down at the mat when he ducked the kick. And he does something that I've like I've just never seen anything like this. He ducked the kick. And as Griffin's leg was coming back down, Silva dropped his shoulder so that the kick wouldn't catch him on the way down. The kick completely missed him. And he wasn't even looking at it coming down. But the thing was, he got so cocky that uh, he ends up um, fighting uh, Chris Weidman and got knocked out while he was goofing around. And then in the rematch fight against Weidman, um, he went for a leg kick. Weidman, you know what a, a check is, right? Like when somebody is about to get leg kicked and they, they bring up their shin to stop the kick. Okay, so if somebody's about to kick the back of your thigh, like that is what can, it, they'll chop you down like a like an oak tree. So the more you get leg kicked in the back of your thigh, like it'll bruise the buildup of like, you know, uh, of, of blood platelets and lactic acid from your natural exhaustion. It just, it, it gives you a cramp. It's, it's also extremely painful each time you get hit. Imagine getting hit with a cricket bat, you know, uh, 10, 12, 13 times in a row in the same spot. That's what it's like to get kicked by one of these mixed martial arts fighters. So oh, to is, avoid... Is that, what, is that what Beto O'Rourke did to women? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we made their toes, girl. Um, but then, uh, uh, so to avoid getting that leg kick... You raise your knee up and you check it with your own shin. So oftentimes it'll be like shin on shin contact. And the problem is if you if you don't have very strong shins, um, you can actually end up snapping the, the person that's getting his, his uh, leg checked or his kick checked can snap or you who's trying to check the kick. Your leg can also snap. It's just a matter of like, it's like, it's like clashing two swords. You know what I mean? And then one of them being like curl turtles and the other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he he did that. He went to uh, to kick Chris Weidman. Weidman checked the kick and it snapped Silva's leg. It took him over eighteen months to rehabilitate and come back, but he was never the same after that. He was like easily defeatable. But uh, John Jones has never had any injuries like that. Um, he has had training injuries, but he's never had like injuries during fights that changed the way that he fought. After that, uh, after his leg is getting broken. Silva was incredibly careful with his kicks. Uh, he was he was super careful to throw them out, and that psychological damage that happened to him during the Weidman fight. That's that's what killed him. Jones has never had anything like that happen to him. So unfortunately, it's just going to be age that wears him down. I don't think that there's anybody that can actually beat him. But 
okay, I also want to well, hear from uh, what if it's it, what if yeah. it's a tag team, me and a pregnant woman. <laughs> I mean, she's getting taken. He's getting taken John, out first. Get in, get into the car, John. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. You can drive. No, <laughs> You're cool. No, with it. no, 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 no. He, he's the kind of he because he's a super villain. He he will act. He will deliberately like find out where she's getting her ultrasounds done, and then like rear end her car or like T bone it. That's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, and that double it up. That's exactly what we want. These are more and more chances of him like fucking up his leg or something right before a fight. Mm, he's the type of dude that would just like hop out the car and just let it roll into the other vehicle and just walk away from the accident. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's what actually. Well, yeah, was ran away. That's what happened when. Well, yeah, he ran away. The funny thing was. He ran away, and then he came back to the vehicle to pick up a couple of belongings that would identify the car as his, and then tried to get away again. It was, it was. Oh, yeah, there was, was like just... a, there was like a t- like a video, like a Snapchat yeah. or something. These people were just like, "Wait, is this like John Jones, like the UFC yeah. guy's car?" Yeah. And then they're like, yeah. "Yeah, there's like cash in this." Like, yeah, yeah he went yeah, back pretty... for it. God, what an... <laughs> he, I, I'm I, again complete fucking asshole, but also the best MMA fighter ever to have lived. So it is what it is. The thing about, uh, the thing about MMA, and I think if you ask me, it's not guys like Jones, it's not Conor McGregor. It's not back before those guys were, uh, you know, like damaging the reputation of MMA. It was guys like, um, uh, like Rampage Jackson, uh, who he fought in pride for a very long time. Um, but because he was friends with Tito Ortiz, who was at that time, a light heavyweight champion. Um, he didn't come into UFC because him and Tito Ortiz were very good friends and he didn't want to end up like fighting his friend. But in Pride, uh, Rampage was ruining the reputation of Pride by being a complete fucking freak around women. Like he was getting interviewed uh, for an upcoming fight. And this is the time that uh, he was talking about going into, into Hollywood. Um, this, uh, this, this, this reporter asked him a question and she made this like kind of semi-flirtatious comment and then he just like grabs her around the waist and like literally starts, starts like humping her. Right. Uh, another time he was getting interviewed by a okay. Japanese, Japanese MMA reporter. Well, the dude is on all fours with his big, he has, he always has this, like this, uh, this junkyard chain around his neck and he was on all fours. He like grabs the reporter, pulls her down to the ground and starts humping her. And is like, so that was, he was generally Aren't just, you guys like, are in tentacles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was, God, he was not a good yeah. look for the sport. Uh, Tito Ortiz, he, he was in a relationship with a porn actress, Jenna Jameson, and he used to just like wail on her. Like he was, he was an incredibly abusive dude. And it's like, you could just tell he was, when he, whenever he was interviewed, you could tell that he was just not a very smart guy. He, he was able to trash talk really well. He would always trash talk. Um, he was, uh, enemies like mortal enemies with, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the former MMA fighter. He went on to WWE for a minute. He was there for like a couple of years and then he dropped out again. Audience helped me out. Uh, but anyway, he, um, yeah, he, he was just an all around like terrible human being. He could trash talk really well, but his, uh, his, his ability to like connect thoughts was just not there. So you could tell he just taken one too many hits to the melon. Uh, and yeah, and, and now he's actually the mayor of like some small town in Nevada, I think. But anyway, these guys were uh, like, that tracks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. find out what town he is. Tito Ortiz. Uh, I forget what, I forget where he's from. Huntington Beach. Hell yes. yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. 
But anyway, um, yeah, so there was there was guys kind of taking down the reputation of UFC long before people like Connor and uh, Jones showed up. But I think the actual poison in UFC came from Dana White. So when uh, Zufa, uh, uh, when Zufa LLC took over um, the UFC promotion, uh, it was basically just like this, uh, this, this smaller sports promotion, this like this biggest promotion that took over UFC. And uh, UFC was originally started up by people that were just very much into mixed martial arts. When it first came out, there was wild shit. Like there wasn't even weight categories. So you'd have like 150 pound twigs going up against like sumo wrestlers. You had guys doing weird shit, like wearing like one bare hand and, and one boxing glove. Like it was just a bizarre fucking promotion at the very beginning. But then once uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu began to dominate the sport, that's when it began to sort of regulate itself and become a not mainstream, but at least like halfway respectable martial art. Um, but then in the uh, the late nineties, the UFC gets taken over by uh, Zufa. Uh, Dana White becomes the uh, the president of the promotion. At the very beginning, Dana White was super respectful of the martial art, very much into the college room himself, uh, very self-effacing, very humble. But then as the years go on, Dana White himself becomes as much a face of uh, MMA as any of his fighters. He's also he's also a boss, right? So he's basically like the Vince McMahon of the UFC. Uh, previously, fighters could um, they could negotiate their own contracts with uh, promotional uh, agencies and, uh, and 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 sports companies. So a fighter could be sponsored by like Under Armour or Nike or um, Fairtex, which is like a, a fairly well known brand for uh, for kickboxing fighters. They could be sponsored by energy drinks, etc. And then uh, Dana White decides, nope, UFC is going to do promotions with Reebok. And all of the fighters are going to wear Reebok attire. It's just going to be Reebok. If you want to get uh, any kind of promotions from outside entities, well, you got to negotiate it through us first. He cracks down on the idea of unionizing within MMA. Um, any fighters that are heard even like whispering about uh, unionizing, they get thrown out of the promotion or at least heavily blacklisted. So they get shit, either shit fights or no fights. Uh, any commentator on MMA that brings up anything about unionizing or or more rights for uh, UFC fighters, because they are workers, essentially, uh, they get frozen out altogether. They get no interviews. They get no FaceTime with any of the fighters, nothing. So as time goes on, he basically just becomes a megalomaniac and ends up more or less, even though he's uh, the president of the promotion, he doesn't own it. But he basically, for all intents and purposes, is the mouthpiece of the owner ownership of the organization. Um, probably one of the worst... One of the worst aspects, like the way that Vince McMahon was for professional wrestling in the sense that he did take it mainstream and he did, um, you know, bring wrestling into people's living rooms rather than just like, you know, regions and stadiums that it was just like a goofy promotion that you go with, you know, you go out and hang out with your drunk friends. Vince McMahon brings wrestling into people's living rooms for the first time on a wide, on a widespread basis. Same thing that Zufa and Dana White do with UFC, but along with the mainstreaming of the sport, it, it also like the, the megalomania ends up damaging the sport. And I say all that to say, I think that that's kind of indicative in the, in the heavyweight division, because why would you like heavyweight fighters typically, whether it's in boxing, whether it's in kickboxing or even uh, sports like football, where, you know, your average defensive linesman lineman is what, like six foot five, you know, solid, like 315, 320 pounds. Um, your, your career is short. You know, so if you're like a, yeah, if you're, if you're a linesman in the NFL, 
You just got to get in, make as much money as you can and get out with your brain intact and your body intact. But your body's going to break down quickly over time. And the same thing goes for heavyweight fighters. Heavyweights do not generally have a very long lifespan. And the unfortunate part is because they can't support themselves financially. Uh, you're, you know, if you're a heavyweight fighter, your, your, your paycheck is going to be somewhere in the low hundreds of thousands on an annual basis. If you're a good heavyweight fighter, if you're a below average heavyweight fighter that still cuts it into the promotion, you're going to be working like a second job. You're an auto mechanic. You might be a coach at a local MMA gym, and hopefully you're like trading off your name to be able to bring some extra income in. Um, if you're a championship fighter, you might carry home a purse of say like $250,000 to win a fight. Whereas heavyweight boxers, I mean, they're taking like uh, a boxer, like um, uh, say like uh, Tyson Fury, you know, he's taking home in the tens of millions per fight. Right. But like, that's just splitting the purse. Never mind promotions and everything else, everything else that he's able to accomplish on his own besides just putting the fight. Uh, never mind like the pay-per-view box office and all of that, which the fighters do uh, participate in as well. UFC fighters do not participate in the other uh, box office. So guys like, you know, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, even guys like, you know, even older heavyweight fighters like George Foreman, like boxing heavyweights, as long as they aren't stupid with their money, as long as they're not buying, you know, multiple mansions and like have a, like a fleet of luxury vehicles and so on, they can make a very good living, retire early enough that they haven't completely broken their body and brain down and, and have generational wealth. grill of all time. <laughs> and the funny thing was like a lot of people know him as this like happy go lucky born again Christian like super positive guy but in his prime George Foreman was a fucking beast like he was just mean he was not a nice guy he was he was like the legend killer and the thing was he didn't really have a boxing style like Richard Pryor said this you know uh, back in in one of his early stand-ups he said yeah George Foreman got a really interesting boxing style none he didn't need one. He was just so big and brawny and scary, like scary fast for his height and weight that he could just like wade in, tank a bunch of punches and then knock you the fuck out. Right. Or just wear you down with body punches until you basically just like collapse to the canvas. Cause your insides were soup. Like that, that was George Foreman. But even without his um, commercials for Meineke, even without the Foreman grill, which I, I thought that was an amazing idea at the time, because he was one of the, he was one of the first guys that really connected even for the bodybuilding community connected. Like if you want to eat healthy, you have to basically like sear fry your foods, right? Like if you want to make a good steak or chicken breast or whatever, you got to, you got to sear it. So the, the Foreman grill, I think helped a lot of uh, bodybuilders that were having trouble keeping their diets under control, make very tasty, delicious food. I think like now the air fryer has pretty much taken the place of, of all of that. But I mean, he's, he's never going to have to work a day again in his life. George Foreman, he's good. His children are good. His his grandchildren are good. UFC uh, fighters and especially the heavyweights are never going to be in that position. And that's actually why I don't like a lot of people are saying that Francis Ngannou ran away from John Jones. I don't think that's true. I think that Ngannou, who was he came up in like he he was working in mines in like in you know like, like in uh, in like Central African Republic in the Congo, Cameroon, etc. You I have to go and. Well, well, you know how like they have like the laborers go down into like precious metal mines and pull up ore by hand, no protective gear, nothing. Like they're just like yeah. digging in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredibly dangerous work. The materials you get exposed to can are, are carcinogen, carcinogenic. They will destroy your body. 
so yeah, he was working in, in mines um, as a young man in Cameroon. He ends up leaving Cameroon. Um, he makes it into France, uh, basically homeless. Like he was living rough um, for months. And what he wanted to do when he got to France was to box. I don't know who it was, but he was convinced to get into mixed martial arts. And when he did that, he, he, he didn't end up dominating the sport immediately, but his strength, his sheer, like his raw power was immediately recognized. As a matter of fact, he has, I think, the strongest punch in the world. Like the PSI generated off of one of his punches could like shatter stone. Um, so he, uh, when he, uh, he gets into UFC, he does have a pretty steep uphill climb. Like he got, he got schooled by Stipe Miocic, who again was one of the heavyweight greats, probably before John Jones um, was recognized as like the greatest of all time, at least in, in his division anyway. And, uh, you know, Nganu fights him, loses the first time, but then he has like, he, he, a couple things about him. He is fairly fast for his size and he's not afraid to drop his, his, uh, his, his, whatever it was that got him to where he was. He's not afraid to like drop his arsenal to learn new techniques, new weapons, new ways of beating people. And he actually ended up uh, picking up some very good wrestling and grappling skills. Um, he looks like a, he looks like a, a BJJ fighter out there. Like when he had his fight with Cyril gone, the amount of times that these guys like changed positions, the amount of times that like one was dominant and then the other was dominant. Like you could tell that Ngannou was taking his uh, grappling training super seriously. But the thing is, he was able to knock out Stipe Miocic, which was just like unfathomable. Uh, he was also able to, with one left hook, knock out Alistair Overeem. Now Overeem has been knocked out before. Uh, he he was basically like a a Dutch K1 fighter that. Or sorry, not Dutch. Uh, Surinamese. Sorry, I don't. Okay, is he Dutch or is he Surinamese? I think he's of Surinamese origin. But oh, he's definitely Surinamese, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, people call him a Dutch fighter, so whatever. He's a Dutch fighter. Anyway, um, so uh, Alistair Overeem, he's like tall and lanky, like me back in my twenties. Uh, when he when he gets into K one fighting, he's he's very much. He looks like a Spider Silva. He looks like a John Jones. He looks like a tall, lanky fighter. Yeah, that's right. His, his mom is Dutch. His dad is actually yeah, Jewish. And, be, and being right. Dutch, it's a bit like being Jewish. It's like matrilineal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, so I mean, if, he if also like if your dad is Dutch, like you're just not. Like, you're yeah, not he, he grew up in Holland. He trained in Holland, so he's pretty much Dutch. Um, although, like, what a Jamaican would be doing with a Dutch person? That's that's a whole other kettle of fish. I find that kind of questionable. Um, you know, many people say that they're that black people can't be racist. I am. I I, I defy that. I am definitely racist against. Uh, Against Belgians and the Dutch. So, oh, anyway, I, they, I won't hold it invent, against they, they invent like all these cool like latrines, these uh, these dikes, these pits. They do all this cool engineering stuff, but oh no, yeah, which they used to like you know uh, manufacture slave ships that carried my ancestors over to the Caribbean. But that's all of the kettle of fish. Um, so yeah, he he uh, he he's this like super lanky dude that uh, when he's competing in K one, he experienced a couple of you know uh, I would say like career altering losses. He's a guy that like was he was very like determined to overcome his weaknesses. I'll put it that way. And uh, you know, some people say that it was performance enhancing drugs. He says it was horse meat. Either way, he definitely put in a lot of work. He went from being a fairly like you know well defined lanky fighter to looking like Sagat from Street Fighter, just a just a giant fucking slab of rock. Uh, he and again he attributes it to his his horse meat diet. Uh, so he 
comes back to K1. His, his and... name is Sagat? No, like Sagat from Street Fighter. Yeah, I know, I know, but like Scott, I thought it was Sagat. S-A-G-A-T. Yeah, no, Sagat. Oh, damn it. I was so excited. Yeah. It was like Bob Sagat. <laughs> no, it's, uh, no it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a slur delivered with a lisp. But uh, anyway, um, the, yeah, so the, the K1 uh, promotion, just, he just like come, he comes through and dominates it. There's this, uh, this dude, um, Badr Hari, that was fairly dominant in K1. Huge shit talker. He would purposely injure his opponents. Like, very unlikable person, but he was also, like, very difficult to defeat. Like, he would just like, take down Legend. Overeem walked into the promotion and just fucking dominated the guy. Just, I mean, granted, like, Hari did put up a very good fight, but, I mean, he just he beat the guy's ass, right? Knocked his ass right on out. Um, he gets into UFC and does the same thing. Like, some of the, uh, you know, some well-respected people on the sport that, uh, you know, for the very first time, put him as an underdog. Yeah, he just he just beats him up. Um, and he, he had a, he had one very famous fight with Brock Lesnar, and he made he made Lesnar look so stupid. Like le, he had Lesnar shying and running away from him. If you look up like uh, Overeem versus Lesnar, Lesnar spin, you'll see Brock Lesnar get hit, sort of trip over his own feet, try to recover, and then do like a seven twenty pirouette just for no reason. But anyway, Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar looks like he gave PEDs to Rob Ford. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> Um, he's a Jack's white guy. Deal with it. His words, not mine. This, this is uh, the, this is like the Rob Ford. <laughs> it's like we have Rob Ford at home. The Rob Ford at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, when uh, when Nganu fought Overeem, people thought it was just going to be a slugfest, just like two giants hammering on each other, and it kind of was, except that Nganu I think showed better head movement. He was able to slip punches. He brought it into the grappling. But Overeem just made one small mistake. One mistake. Uh, when, I think he uh, I think he had like gone for a like a left punch and then was trying to transition into a takedown. I'm not sure, but he had his his right hand was down a lot lower than it normally would be. His head was un- unprotected. And Gano hits him with a like an upward left hook that hits him so hard that if you look at like the if you look up Nganu versus Overeem. You'll see a still from that fight where Overeem, his his body is like bolt upright, just straight, and his chin is all the way back. You could tell he got hit so hard that if it wasn't for like his spine and muscle and connective tissue, like holding on strong with all that horse meat power, it, it, he would have been fucking decapitated. Uh, so after that fight, everyone started to take Nganu seriously. The problem was Nganu... Um, again, as a heavyweight, and as somebody who comes from poverty, knows poverty, and is determined never to go back to poverty, tries to negotiate, not only for himself, but actually other MMA fighters. You know, it basically says that, like, sure, I would I would like to be able to make more money on this uh, this this fight that's being hyped up between myself and John Jones, because Jones was basically saying, like, yep, I'll come up to heavyweight. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. And Ganu, uh, it seems like he was all for it, too. Like, he really wanted to fight John Jones. But what was in the way of that was Dana White, basically saying like no this is how much money you can make no promotions no nothing you get what you get and that's pretty much it and i think i think in was smart to basically say like well you know what if that's if that's how you're going to play it then i'm fine vacating my belt i want to be able to like he wanted to be able to fight and make what i what i think is a fair amount of money now the the amount that he was asking for i don't think it was ever made public but 
he was also trying to negotiate rights for other MMA fighters as well, because it is fairly well known that like once you're out of MMA, if you can't market yourself to like ESPN or some other sports network, maybe go into acting, open up your own mixed martial arts gym. If your reputation is good enough, maybe you'll get uh, promotions for like energy drinks or some sort of like athletic apparel after the fact. Maybe you come up with your own athletic apparel. But basically, the entire time that you're in the UFC, you're foregoing, yeah, podcasts as well. Absolutely yeah. true. But like it, while you're in the UFC, you're foregoing a lot of opportunities just for j- the chance at fighting for a championship belt. And if you can't get there, it's like it's a huge crapshoot for the fighters. Um, and I, I think Ngannou was smart to walk away. I think he's got a long career ahead of him still. Uh, he's he's still strong. He's still scary fast. He's getting even faster. I I think he said that he wants to go into boxing. I don't think he would be a very good heavyweight boxer, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's competitive as a boxer. He'll make a lot of money. I just don't think he'd be very competitive. He'll take maybe a fight against uh, you know like a like a Tyson Fury. He'll probably lose. Might, might go all the way to the decision, but he will probably lose. And then his career will just sort of like slide downwards until he's in obscurity. So I, I think probably the best thing for him would be to go into another MMA promotion and just dominate there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I think it would be great for um, fight fans to be able to see a match between John Jones and uh, Francis Ngannou. But unless Dana White and Zufa get out of the way and just allow them to make more money to let the fight happen, it's, pro- it's going to be one of those great matches that never happened, you know? I feel like it's one of those things where I feel like there has to be a way to get like an investment bank to like start. Sorry, Ken Shamrock. I was thinking about the guy that, uh, the guy that. Oh, the maker of the shake. No, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) No, actually, every time you buy Shamrock. Here's the guy that had the long feud with uh, Tito Ortiz. And I was, again, I keep mixing people's names up. I was going to say Keith Shamrock, but it's not Keith. It's Ken. I was thinking of Keith Jardine, uh, who was also a light heavyweight fighter. But uh, no, yeah, so Ken Shamrock was, you know, a uh, terrible shit talker, but he actually made Tito Ortiz look smart by comparison because he was just so bad at talking shit. I feel like there definitely has to be, like, a way you can get an investment bank behind, behind go, like, trying to unseat the UFC. Like, there has to be, yeah. right? Because, like, again, it know. just... Like, there's a... Here's the thing. There is... Okay, boxing has... A fandom that just simply can't be beat. Because the thing about boxing is that anybody can learn how to box, right? Like I've I've trained boxing myself, but it was mostly like I've trained Muay Thai and I've trained like uh, like just just you know Marcus of Queensbury rules boxing. But uh, anybody with enough determination and willingness to condition themselves can become a, a good boxer. Not everybody can become a good MMA fighter. So th- I think the 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 fact that it's sort of a self-limiting sport mm. takes away a bit of the mis- like it takes away a bit of the the draw for people because there are just way more boxing fans than there are MMA fans. The thing is, MMA markets happen to exist in very rich areas. So the biggest MMA markets, like there's obviously like North America, or so the United States, Canada, the UK, but also like Brazil, Japan, Malaysia, Taiwan. We gotta get the chat. We gotta get now. We got to get the Chinese in on it more. <laughs> no, uh, the Chinese have their own promotions as well, right? So yeah, get like fighter. fifteen, get like fifteen different fighters into like different ones of those like dragons, and yeah. then just have them like <laughs> fight each other. Hell yeah! Dude. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I, I just feel because like because here's um, yeah. I, my my thing is that it, it feels like 
I, I think the biggest problem, I, I feel like where the issue is, is that there isn't, it's interesting to compare Dana White to, um, what's his face, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon. because I feel yeah. like Vince McMahon, the one thing about Vince McMahon is that he is a showman. Right, and, and, and I think and so honestly, Dana White. he's he's an incredibly good promoter. But I, I, he is a very good promoter. But I don't think he allows fighters to really have personalities of their own. Right, and a part of that is just the fact that, because yeah, like he doesn't, I don't know, like you know, Francis Ngannou, like as soon as you, it's, any it's kind not, of it's like, not so much he doesn't allow them to have personalities. It's that he tries to slot them into, like he tries to make them out to be certain kinds of characters. And the thing is, like all of your fighters can't be heels. It's the problem. Like Vince yeah. McMahon at least knows the dynamic between the face and the heel and how to get what is called a pop, right? So the thing is, um, look what he did to the Ultimate... No, Ultimate Warrior. Sorry, Vince McMahon doesn't either. Look what he did to the Ultimate Warrior. No, Ultimate Warrior did what he did to the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior was a shitty wrestler that kept, like he cut the strangest fucking promos of all time. Um, but uh, Dana White... Because he's a, I don't know, like a typically, I hate using the word toxic male, but I think he kind of embodies a lot of aspects when, that people are thinking of when they say toxic male. He tries to get all the fighters to be like that. And the problem is like when there are people that have really good hearts, I'm thinking of like um, like Mighty Mouse, for example, right? So there are, there are certain fighters like um, uh, Mighty Mouse who ended up like leaving the, no, sorry, he didn't get, he didn't leave the UFC. He got traded into the UFC for, oh fuck, was it Uriah Faber that he got traded in for? And then Faber fucking like just bombed out. But anyway, Mighty Mouse was just like a really, just a good dude. Like uh, just a family man, an incredibly talented fighter. Um, and he was fighting in the, was it the featherweight division or was it the lightweight division? I forget off the top of my head. But uh, Mighty Mouse was probably one of the most complete, flyweight, you're right, flyweight. One of the most complete MMA fighters. He could strike, he could grapple, he could wrestle. Just, a, just a, And he was also a really sweet guy. Like. Just a very oh, respectful dude. Oh, he went to PL. Wait, did he go to PLU? Who's that? Mighty Mouse? Yeah. Oh, he's from... Oh, because he's like... Oh, no, never mind. Because he's he, he's from... Or he's from Kentucky, but it looks like he lives now in like uh, Parkland, which is like a, a suburb of Tacoma in Washington. Okay. It's where, it's where PLU is. It's a Pacific Lutheran. So I was just like, wait, is he, did he go to PLU? I'm like, no, he didn't. He didn't. Because yeah. that would be the, that would be the, you would be the most successful PLU graduate of all time. <laughs> well, no, I mean, or at the very least, most of like Chad PLU. Man, st- stop with your university fucking elitism. My God, dude. Not it's everybody gets PLU. I went, dude, I went to, okay, first of all, I went to undergrad at Gonzaga, which is like okay. on par with PLU. So not like. Okay. I'm allowed to okay it's not it's not university elitism it's it's catholic elitism okay it's a different fucking thing we fought 30 years of wars for this we're allowed to be mean mm-hmm. to each other uh but yeah um no it's, it's i don't know it's you i think you're right though it's like everybody has to be like yeah, thanks a lot El Prieto. and by the way yeah. like guys like feel free to to jump into this chat and offer your two cents as well. Like I, I'm having, yeah, please a lot of do. Fun, I, I having a lot of fun teaching uh, Rory about UFC. Oh, but I'm not, but, general, no, but, but the minute every day it's like, Oh, like we're never doing a gun episode, but here we go. We are um, never doing a gun episode because you, here's the thing. You get so down the rabbit hole that like people can't understand you. I listen, I like guns. I know about guns. 
half the time I can't understand you. I, 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 I struggle to keep up. But uh, yeah, anyway, if uh, yeah, if you have any uh, you know questions, about, I will uh, or rather, it. I will script it. And I will okay, okay, it. okay, okay. If you have any comments about uh, like John Jones at heavyweight, if you have any uh, you know comments about MMA in general, I, I just I think that the the UFC heavyweight division is is, is cooked. Like unfortunately, because like the the big mistake that they did was, and I mean, there's really no way they could have gotten around this. They couldn't have Jones move up to heavyweight and then not give him a, a title fight, but. Uh, the fact that he didn't like he didn't have any a few like maybe two or three undercard fights before a championship fight, but really like they were not going to lure him up to heavyweight without a championship fight. And he was training for an Ngannou championship fight. They're going to make a bunch of money off it, and they got too greedy. Um, but now there's just nobody in the field that can take him. Like the, the heavyweight division is just cooked now. So he basically broke it. Was it Ben Askren? I didn't. Okay, I thought it was Uriah Faber. It was Ben Askren. You're right. Uh, Jordan, what's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Oh, no. What's happening? Um, yeah, I I was at work for most of it, but um, I managed to catch it on my phone, the final fight, and um, he just destroyed Gane. Like I just, oh my god, it, that, I like, he imagine. made Gane look like a kindergartner. Yeah, it was it was tough. Like I mean, I he was the favorite, so I I just, but um, man, I was. It was insane how, like, he looked kind of beefy. Like, when I saw him, when, like, they, he was walking around his corner before they announced the names. But I was like, he's really the GOAT. Terrible person, but, man, he's, like, yeah. both both divisions, like. But, like, you were saying with the division, like, who's next? Like, it's not Francis. I don't know. I have no like, idea. Like, who, like, and, like Stipe is, like, a full-time uh, firefighter again, so uh, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. No, no, I think uh, Stipe, um, I didn't even know this because I only, I, I tuned out right after Joe Rogan interviewed uh, John Jones, so I didn't see this happen. But apparently, he uh, Stipe got interviewed and uh, now there's a fight booked. Uh, Stipe and Jones for July. Mm. I'll yeah. be watching. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think Stipe will be competitive with him. I really don't. But don't, don't you Jones think... Jones is too complete a fighter. But don't you think, you like, the this has been the heavyweight division for, well, I started tuning in in, like, 2010, 2011. Yeah. Lesnar, it was cool. He fought, like, Carwin, but Carwin was Fucking, just, I hated Lesnar so much. Listen, yeah. Lesnar's the only guy that could make me like people like Tim Sylvia. Oh, man, yeah. I fucking hated Tim Sylvia, and I liked Lesnar even less than him. I liked those, like, the mid-2000s heavyweights, because they were like, fuck wrestling. We're brawling, bro. Like, fuck the none of this bullshit wrestling like all the heavyweight like title fights went like a minute and a half <laughs> like, like yeah. so, sylvia was that dude until he wasn't which was the heavyweight heavyweight division but yeah i don't know it's it's cooked like you say i think like there'll be a new guy but he won't be like Cain velasquez can't come back because he's he's on trial for murder or some shit he is yeah that's an insane story yeah yo yeah 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 like apparently like uh <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, if he's telling the truth, to if he's telling the truth, should, yeah. I'm almost like, I'm almost like, you know, free the man. But yeah. Also, like, uh, if yeah. you're in prison, you should be allowed to fight in the UFC. I think that would make it more. <laughs> yeah, like you That's would like probably get like yeah. you, should, you could you probably be. get a guy that is. Like, uh, you know what? Good. You know, you know who actually, you know who actually, uh, Lesnar. You know who actually I, I liked more than Lesnar, and I never thought this was even possible either. Fucking Frank Mir. Mir was the dude. I liked Mir. Plus, he was like I a good grappler. I, yeah. I, I wanted 
I, there was no point in Mir's career that I didn't want him to get his head knocked off until he fought Brock Lesnar. And I was like, no, nah, yeah. get the get Lesnar the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And then he started doing like the little mini promotions and he was cooked for a while, but yeah, hey, yeah. got to get that check but by any means. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think he probably would have ended up making more at WWE than at, uh, UFC because yeah. at least WWE, it lets you get sponsorships from outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if some like supplement company or energy drink company or whatever, if some company wants to sponsor you, like Vince McMahon has got no problem with that. What I mean, he'll probably try to get a, a big cut out He's of it, but he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Zufa and uh, Dana White, they're just, they're incredibly restrictive. They don't want fighters making money for some reason. Which is, which is wild because they're making hand over fist money with the ESPN deal. Like, yeah. like, it's insane how just anti-worker he is. Like, just. I mean, all bosses at some level are like Vince McMahon is no better. Like, yeah. he's also anti-worker. You know, yeah. like the, the amount of wrestlers that have basically just have had their life destroyed by that promotion ruined yeah. or by being around that promotion it's yeah they've left like a trail of bodies behind them literally um you know like china for example like that that story really still disturbs me like the way that they treated her and basically discarded her and you could tell that like she was not well mentally yeah after she got let go from from wwe and they did absolutely nothing for her just like just threw her out like trash you now know? they're like talking like oh she was the best she was the greatest it's like you didn't you guys didn't give yeah. a shit her. yeah yeah or also like do you remember luna vachon from back in the day uh, uh that might be before my time yeah okay luna vachon she was actually Shawn michaels's um ring valet for a little while uh she was also the ring valet for she was like this really freaky looking like she always had like half of her head shaved and she had like this ink on her face, like a, uh, like temporary tattoos. And she always made herself look like, like, like a, like a, like a monster, right? Like she always looked like this, this crazy woman, but she could all, she could also wrestle. She was a really good fucking wrestler. And the problem was like at that time, her, her, her big problem was that she came into the promotion too early. This was before WWE started taking women's wrestling seriously at all. Mm-hmm. And so even though she would be allowed to wrestle, there was just very little competition for her. She would even wrestle guys. Um, but other smaller promotions did take women's wrestling very seriously. WWE just didn't. And unfortunately, like, uh, not only was she mistreated by the promotion, um, not only was they, they made her give up the women's belt to uh, Rena Marrow, Sable. Um, Sable, yeah. Was- yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, but Sable couldn't wrestle. And the funny thing is, so uh, Rory, just to bring this whole thing full circle, Sable is Brock Lesnar's wife. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she cheated on, on her ex-husband, um, Mark Merrow, with uh, Brock Lesnar, and they're, they're still together to this day. But uh, yeah, because Vince McMahon is very easily distracted by a pair of tits, um, he took the belt away from an accomplished wrestler and I'll tell you in a second what she had to come through, like what she had to come up through to get there and just gave it to somebody who couldn't wrestle and wouldn't like, she was just not really that interested in wrestling. She was interested in looking good. Yeah. And so, uh, Luna Vachon ends up leaving WWE and then dies of a drug overdose. And the company acts like she never existed. Now here's the worst part about it. Luna Vachon was trained by, um, the fabulous Moolah. So a lot of people will remember if you were like around for the 1980s in wrestling, the fabulous Mula was like one of the uh, the heel women wrestlers, and uh, she was well known in like smaller um, indie indie promotions. But she she made her own wrestling school, 
The problem, though, is that the fabulous mullet was also um, a mistress. Like, she was a woman pimp. So she ran her woman's wrestling school like a bordello. And she would basically, like, I mean, there's no, there's no polite way to say this. She would whore out her wrestlers to rich guys for money. Um, and, Luna, yeah, Luna Vachon was, I mean, she was molested. She, I think she alleged that she was molested by the fabulous mullet. Um, she was, like, rented out to rich men against her will. Uh, so she she survived. Like, to be in the wrestling industry, she had to be a rape survivor. She gave everything that she had to wrestling, and then she was just, like, discarded like trash. So just to bring it back you know, to Vince McMahon, he is a showman, and he does know how to promote. I just I don't think he's any less anti-worker than Dana White. Yeah. I think the reason that he's the reason that he's, he's a lot more flexible with letting uh, wrestlers develop their own brands and promotions is because it's good for his company as well. Because what he needed um, in the 1980s and what he got was to bring wrestling mainstream. Even you know, you know after the um, the ruthless aggression era and all of the weird shit that happened then, when they started when WWE started getting like uh, like broadcast TV contracts, I think the first one that they had was with NBC. They basically had to make it family friendly. So all of the like the racy, edgy, weird shit that they were doing, all the stupid storylines, they had to cut that out. But also, like, if you have wrestlers squawking about being, you know, forced to go on steroids, uh, to you know, circumventing, um, circumventing, uh, uh, you know, the the law to maintain a physique that looks good for the promotion. Yeah. If you have people that allege that they were being like sexually abused in their training camps. If you have all that stuff following you into the promotion, then you lose your your network TV contracts. So I think he's kind of skirted a fine line. Whereas mm-hmm. Dana White, I don't think, like, I don't think he's as much of a scumbag as Vince McMahon, but I think he's also very um, domineering and controlling. Where if he doesn't have to let the fighters make money, like he wants fighters to be hungry, he wants fighters to see the UFC as their their meal ticket. But I think it's getting to a point now where. If you're like a, let's say that you're you're like an amateur fighter, you're 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 coming up through kickboxing, you're coming up through jujitsu. Maybe you're like a a college wrestler looking towards the Olympics, and then looking at what your career is going to be like after that. I think a lot of people are having second thoughts as to whether the UFC is going to be their path, like their their career path, because it's just it's not a good promotion for workers. Yeah. Plus, there's just so many, like there's just more organizations now like bellador is i'm glad bellador is thriving somewhat yeah you know? yeah like, i never saw that happening i thought i thought bellator would have folded by now like years ago yeah yeah for sure like i, I thought they were they were going to come and go like affliction did yeah oh man yeah i didn't i didn't start watching affliction until after but hearing yeah, the yeah. stories it's like man affliction was that deal but they never yeah. survived yeah and then strike force got sucked into the ufc so right 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 yeah yeah, it was actually, you know, I think it was actually bad for the sport that Pride ended up, like, Pride folded, and then I forget which company bought them out, and then that company got bought out by UFC. UFC, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was bad kink, for the sport of so, you know, that was... I see, what? They didn't allow kink at Pride, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Pride, no, Pride was actually a really, it was a really well-run Japanese promotion. The problem is, I mean, this, these are just allegations, but there was there was a lot of allegations that they there was, like, Yakuza ties that some of the fights were rigged, et cetera. So pride kind of imploded itself. Like it didn't collapse because it couldn't compete with UFC because the Japanese market is almost independent of the U S market and almost like in wrestling and almost every other, like in baseball and most other sports, 
Um, but because uh, Pride couldn't escape the, the allegations of being mob connected, uh, they ended up folding. I'm sorry. It sounded like you're about to say something, Jordan, but. Uh... Oh, I'm, I'm just like, I'm thinking like, isn't that like a good thing? Mob ties and professional fighting. <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why are we, like, when did we start thinking like we're higher, like higher ground? I mean, look what that's done to boxing, right? <laughs> yeah, boxing. Like, yeah, like, like, like you look <laughs> at the amount of, like, look at the amount of, like, belts. You know, look how, like, corrupt boxing has gotten. It's just the fact that everybody from every country loves boxing like boxing is just a universally yeah. recognized and beloved sport so it's it's not so much that like mob ties are inescapable it's that people love boxing so much that mob ties can't overshadow it but like i said because mma is a much more by definition like a much more limited sport yeah it, it's yeah mma promotions can't survive that sorry i think somebody was just in the caller queue i don't know if it was cj but someone was like hopped in the caller queue and then jumped back out but i was gonna say like hop back in the queue because we, we do want to you do want to hear uh, uh, from from more of the uh, the audience? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Um, no, just uh, really uh, the the heavyweight division. Just yeah, I don't know where we go from here. Really, yeah. Like, I'm, like okay, let's look. Let's 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 have a look. Let's look at uh, top ranked UFC heavyweight fighters. Okay, like I'm thinking like like Rosenstruck. Rosen Rosenstrike? Yeah, he's maybe, but mm, you know, like, Derek like Lewis. No, days. like yeah, Derek Lewis. No, he, he yeah, can't he, yeah. They they took the mystique without, off him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four minutes without gassing. Um, yeah, it'd be fun on the like the tune up to the fight with Derek Lewis, but once he got in the cage, you know, John Jones would eat his lunch. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He would <laughs> uh, he would gas out Lewis immediately. Yeah. All right. I'm just okay. So there's JDS. He's still, uh, he's still fighting. Uh, I don't know. Has he retired? I thought he did. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I, actually, okay. Who's even in their roster right now? Like that's that's the thing. I don't hear anybody talking about heavyweights. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Like that's like the big draw, I guess. Well, not anymore. Like it used to be, but you know now it's the middleweights and welterweights that are really yeah. like. Okay, big... so here's the here are the the ranked fighters. So the Cyril gone, which again less than three minutes, right? Stipe fight scheduled for July. Okay, Ser- Sergey Pavlovich, uh, yeah. not the most exciting fighter, but he's got a very good record. Um, yeah. Is capable of finishing. Curtis Blades, uh, Tai Tuivasa. Oh, I'm glad uh, Michael's not here because he would just be like going up for his Samoans for no reason whatsoever, right? <laughs> Uh, Tom Aspinall. Oh God! Like this is just the most uninspiring division. Yeah. Alexander Volkov, Sergey Spivak. Yeah, it felt bad. Uh, right? He uh, so, like fucked yeah. up his knee, like like the first second of the fight. Like that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. In London. Um, yeah. 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 Zinio Rosenstrike. Who? Yeah. No. Like, he has a fairly good record. He is a he is a fairly. Uh, he's not, I mean, he's, I wouldn't say he's a complete fighter. He's a decent striker, but he's mostly like a, he's mostly a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Derek Lewis, like, no way. Um, and then the rest are just not even worth mentioning. So, yeah, unfortunately, this is just the most uninspired this division has probably ever been. It's just yeah. the wrong time for Jones to get to the top, yeah. 
Man, I don't know. Maybe we should bring back Lesnar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Les- Lesnar's, uh, I don't know, man. He's he's old now. Like, I, just, yeah. I, just, I don't think he can compete. He's he's basically like uh, he's gonna head down the Undertaker path where they're just gonna they're gonna keep him wrestling until his body falls apart. Yeah, wheel him out every six months. Yeah, yeah, and then like Kane, he'll just become like he'll become the mayor of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He lives in Saskatchewan right now, <laughs> so he'll end up becoming the, the fucking mayor of Saskatoon or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he'll become like Kane or the anti Kane. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He's just as reactionary, if not more. Ah, oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> Figure. What's Kane's name? Is it Glenn? Glenn? Uh, I Glenn Jacobs. Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. He's like it's weird because he he runs as a Republican. He's a fairly progressive guy in his politics, so I think maybe he just ran as a Republican because that's just what you do in that area. But uh, he's not. He's not a. He's not a like a Trump guy. He's not even a. I see him as kind of like a. Um, do you remember uh, Dan Boehner? I've the heard former the, Republican House leader. I've heard the name. No, I'm not. Sure. Sorry, John Boehner. John Boehner. Sorry, Rory, oh. we can't even hear you, buddy. Yeah, John, John Boehner. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Boehner. Boehner is. Listen, man, I've been mixing people's names up all night. I got to remember so many. <laughs> but uh, John Boehner, even though he was, uh, he was a bit of an asshole. He seemed like a reactionary, but he really wasn't. Like, he was actually a really cool fucking dude. And ever since he retired, like all he does is just like hang out with his Rastafarian son-in-law and smoke weed, which is <laughs> it's like. That's kind of the vibe that I got from him throughout his career, and I kind of feel like that's what Glenn Jacobs is like. Like, yeah, he ran as a Republican, but he's probably just the same guy that'll just like you know take you into his garage and get you fucking high, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you like fire up the sticks, and you guys will play like fucking Valorant together. He'll probably do that. Take you wow. out golfing, yeah. But yeah, guys, thanks for having. All me. right, man. Yeah. Anytime. Appreciate yeah. it. Love the show. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um. Yeah, CJ, if you want to hop back in, I know you said you wanted to ask a question, but uh, I saw that you. I actually want to hear your question and 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 chat this out with you. But CJ said was uh, uh, I was gonna ask, did you see the street street nigga discourse on Twitter about it's crazy to see John Morant is falling off in the same week for. Uh, well, of course, I'm endless. following this closely. I mean, <laughs> no. Okay, so yeah, John Morant is a uh, yeah, he's a basketball player, like a phenom for the uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, incredibly talented basketball player, but here's the, here's the problem. It used to be back in like the nineties where you had like your Allen Iversons, Stefan Marbury wasn't quite like this. Like he was a street dude, but he, he got to the NBA and kept himself clean for the most part. Uh, Latrell Sprewell, the guy who like choked out his coach, PJ Colosimo, but you, you'd see guys like that get into the NBA. Right. And it's like, they had a lot of personal problems. Um, Allen Iverson, I think, like people kind of made him the example of this, which is the reason why the NBA ended up having like uh, like an overhaul in the mid two thousands, where they basically clean up their image. They said that like players would have to you know do um, press conferences in like suits and ties, that they would have to like carry, like, they have to conduct themselves more respectably off the court, so on and so on. But uh, the thing is, at that time, this is when. This is like the pre-LeBron era. You could come into the NBA straight up out of high school, so you didn't have to. You didn't have to go to college. I think LeBron was like the was he the last player to to go straight from high school to the NBA without uh, or to the NBA draft without getting into college, or like the last like the last yeah. superstar. No, maybe I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. Probably like the only like high ranked player right now that is um, that that went to the NBA uh, straight from high school. 
But that was one yeah, of the reasons why yeah, players so. have to go through a yeah they have to go through a year of high school or a year of college before they go, come into the NBA, and that's partially because like a lot of these guys like were just insanely talented basketball players, but they would come from rough backgrounds, and the problem is like when you take somebody from the street or from a rough background, you don't necessarily have to be from the street. You could be like hood and street is two different things. You could just be from the hood. And because you've made all of that money, people in the hood recognize you, including the street people. Well, and that kind well, of draws you thing, in. Though, right? Like in today's right. NBA, like yeah. most of these athletes are kind of like, are, are kind no, no, of, are well, pretty much like let me, let me, kids, oh, like, let me, let me, yeah, that's the thing. Like, let me, let me get to the end of the point NBA. here. It's like, yeah, back then you had hood dudes yeah. and street dudes getting drafted into the NBA, right? Yeah. Alongside like college basketball players. But the issue now is that a lot of NBA players aren't just guys that have like end no. one reels playing street ball. No, no, These are guys no. that like, they went, they private went through school, like, yeah, exactly. They go to birth. private schools, they go to basketball like, camps, you know, they go through like, yeah, they like, go, like, they go to college. Every NBA player like has yeah. an uncle who, who played in the league or a cousin. Right, they're rich kids, and at this point, they're nepo babies. Yeah, they they have people around them that have played in the league, even if it wasn't the NBA, they've maybe played in Europe or even China. Um, they 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 have people that are you know coaches at universities. They've had mentorship, so like it's not the same as the NBA from the '80s and '90s. This is like the NBA as like yeah, it's like it's like hockey, like the NHL. I was was just gonna say like the NHL, where like it's a it's a well connected industry. So guys that are trying to do this street shit, it's it's an act. Like yeah, it's ja, just yeah, ja, like ja yeah. Is, ja was with private school since like birth. He's went AAU. Like he's been like he's been school and like he's been pre, he's pretty much like he's not he's not like that. He's not that guy. Like he's not like a, a street. He's not him. He's, yeah. No, he's this is an act. He's he's doing a character. He's he's larping, which is the crazy part. And like the thing about about larping like 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 that is like. You might get attention from people that you don't want to get that you don't want like get from like, like it's not the thing that you want like it, 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 it's dumb and just bad you need to like grow up you need to like figure out some shit I mean, that's pretty much it like yeah okay this is a second amendment issue i'm reading this now this is, is <laughs> I mean, first amendment and second well, amendment. okay yeah, right. i will say i will say you have the right to yeah, like yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, you do have the right to carry. You can't like. You have the right to carry. You have the right to point it at. You can flash it in a nightclub. You can do that. But, it's but, just, but, but also, is, like, it's not just that though, Rory. It's also like his mom got into like a, an altercation with yeah. some retail employee, and then Jaw wanted to like catch him up after he got off work, and it's like, dude, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Yeah, that was a laser incident where he's like yeah. pointing a laser at like other like players, like. Or coaches' buses. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just bad. It's just like being like a dumb like twenty three year old for no reason. He's like, yeah. it's like the most American person. Like, I need to fight like a retail employee, like yeah. being really dangerous with a gun. Like, I don't know. I feel like this is just like this is this is probably the most like relatable to like. I mean, the, the thing is, right? If, if John was like a rapper, like like. No issue with what, like what he did. Yeah. But like the NBA like has like rules like where like if you yeah. if you like mess with the image they can like suspend you and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. This is like 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 uh, I'd say like three quarters of the way through the David Stern as GM era, and yeah, Stern saw that the NBA really had its act to clean up. I think like kind of what precipitated all this was the malice at the palace. 
where oh, yeah, like yeah 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 where the, the pistons and the game. pacers got into this huge fucking brawl yeah. in auburn hills and yeah so I, I think that was kind of like what precipitated the the league having to clean up its its whole image and uh yeah so like now the nba is just it's played by like I, I, roy i don't know if you've seen or heard about that new bel air show like oh, it's yeah, sort yeah, of like a yeah. Yeah, basically, like every yeah. NBA player is like Carlton from Bel Air. You know, like yeah. the the black dudes that are like friends with the field, like the the white field hockey players. Like those are the guys that are playing in the NBA right now. Yeah, that's that's a funny yeah. thing, right? Like Kyrie is between me is kind of like a funny character. Like he's from like the suburbs. He's he's from like my hometown actually. Like I live like I like I, like he like I live like yeah. right next to him, Kyrie, right in the, in the suburbs, and he's like so the thing about like. Players, two people like Kyrie, who these like, they've been told since the entire life they're like very, very articulate and very like, and and then and then we like then you have like this incident with with Kyrie like where he's just like he he thinks he's a smart dude, he thinks he like he uses his well read and he does like very dumb shit for no reason. The thing is, well, no, the thing with Kyrie, like you gotta you gotta remember like his childhood. And I, I can kind of relate to this. And like people have seen me stick up for Kyrie, and they, they get upset because they think that like oh you know like you're just you're just defending it because he's anti-Semitic, and it's like no, it's like I no, kind of relate. Like, like I re- no, I relate to him because keep in mind he was moved around a lot when he was a kid. Um, he's a pro 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 baller. Too. Yeah, his dad was a pro baller, but he also got moved to like Australia, where he I mean he didn't know anybody. He probably didn't have. Like strong and long-lasting friendships, he probably stood out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you about the Jews, mate. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to welcome to land down under. Yeah, no, and this I, is this is the this is the '90s and, and the early 2000s, right? So, like, I could get how, I could get how, like, he didn't really have a, a like strong roots. He didn't have like a strong friend circle when he was growing up. Like, I, I very much relate to like the kids that get moved from this place to that. You place wear the, the yarmulke upside down down here. <laughs> It's I mean, not called a yarmulke. It's just a cloth bow. I mean, yeah. a lot of places like it, it kind of makes sense why he probably has like this. Yeah, so I, I can really understand why he's like trying so hard to reconnect to his black heritage. I can I can totally understand that. And I'll say like I I went through very similar periods, but it was in my teens and twenties. It wasn't you know like well, well again, that again. Though, how old is Kyrie? Kyrie's in his thirties. He's like twenty nine. Right? He's like thirty. He's he's thirty yeah. years old. That's the thing about yeah. Kyrie, though. Like, if you're if you're going to like LARP as like the smart guy who's well read, well, actually read something. Actually, read I something. don't think he's LARPing as a smart, well read guy. I think a, I mean, he, like he's no. I think he's, he's, always, making, he's always, always making the same mistakes like someone like Kanye would. No, like, no, no. Kanye is different. Yes, Kanye, is. Kanye, Kanye thinks that he's actually more intelligent than other people, and he's really not. So that's, he's, so that's Kyrie. Like, no, but Kyrie doesn't. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't even talk about what he knows. What he does is talk about what it is that there is to learn or when he learns something he's like oh i didn't know this before the only dumb shit where yeah, he acted like he, no hold on the only dumb shit that he did where he acted like he knew more than other people was that flat earth thing and he dropped it like he eventually dropped it you i mean that know? was silly but, but my thing is yeah. right, like my thing but my thing is right like okay like if you but he's he, he's he, he does he does these like rookie mistakes where if you read something like you like you can't go on the internet and just yeah, and just like and, and just pretend that you actually understand what you read like 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 a dumbass. Like, how how strong how strong do you think his personal network and like social network is like his own his his network of friends? How strong do you think it is? I don't. Th- I mean, dude. I mean, I don't think it's like that. This like, I, like, this 
this really smacks of somebody that does not have a strong friends network. You know what I mean? And that, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that the guy has no friends. Like I'm saying no, hold up, hold up, hold up. There's, but there's people. And again, I, this is very much like me where I'm, I'm a bit of a loner, right? Like I have, I have like a lot of people that I know. There's very few people that I would actually call friends. And a lot of stuff that I am working my way through knowledge wise. Okay. For example, like when I was really getting put on game about indigenous history in Canada, right? Um, there were times I would literally tweet out like, man, like everything that I learned in history class about Canada was fucking wrong. Like it was, it wasn't just prejudiced or biased. It was wrong. About, you were learning about the Quebecois. <laughs> exactly. No, I was, I was learning about how like the, uh, the treaties that, the treaties that were signed or supposedly signed that formed like uh, the uh, that helped to form the Dominion of Canada were actually just like it was robbery. It was highway robbery. So, you know, the Storm, Stone Fort Treaty, Treaty 3, et cetera, et cetera. Like learning how basically Canada was just like a big land lease agreement that turned into like a massive scam. I was like, holy shit. Like I, I was not taught this in school. So I would actually like kind of tweet my way well, through I it, mean... not saying like. Not acting like I know. Like they're things, not, not going to tell you that. It's like welcome to history one one. It's a land lease. <laughs> it's like it's a government school. You got to get. Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was like a territory purchase agreement from a fucking private company that is now okay, a retailer. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish. 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 So like, but I would talk to a lot of indigenous people online because again, like, I I just okay my my circle of friends, IRL, generally are not interested in this kind of stuff. And I'll say that, like, where it comes to things that I'm interested in intellectually, I don't really talk to my personal friends about that. First of all, because I don't want to bore them. Second, because I will go down a rabbit hole and completely miss that, like, I've just alienated people. And third, because I yeah, try I mean, to pretend to be a normal human being. And I, I kind of get that impression from Kyrie, where he doesn't yeah, have well, a lot of people in his personal life to talk to like, about this like, stuff. I'm just saying, having, like, a phase at, like, 30 like this to be, I mean, I don't know, but, like, I mean, I guess. I mean, how old? How old is fucking like? Think of any like right wing crank and how old they are. They never get past it. Okay, yeah, hold on, but I'm gonna, right? I guess. So, but my thing is like, like, I mean, Kyrie has like so much like resource available to him. Like, he doesn't need to do well, like he what, like if he, he, like, would... he can't like look through, like to other outlets to like express like if he if he, if, he, if he wants to learn these things, if he wants to, he's just, about he's like learning. Is... Like, the, the other ways to do this rather than like. To, Tweet your way through it to me. You just, you just I mean, the other thing is like, who's gonna like, especially when you get that famous and that wealthy, like, who's going to tell you no? Or not even who's yeah. gonna tell you no. Who's gonna be honest with you? Like, it's not even like, that. People, it's not just who's gonna be yeah. honest with you. Because keep in mind, this is a basketball player, right? Yeah. So where mm -hmm. do you think he's gonna? A basketball player who, by the way, like, like where do you go to school again? Um, but like, he's he's not gonna. I mean, listen, you can talk have... to David West. You, you can call David West up. Like, I'm sure David West can help. I'm sure. Uh... Like, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, I think that that's a possibility. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Like, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of like. There's not a lot of crossover. There's not a lot of crossover with academics and sports players. I'm sorry, but they just there just isn't. Yeah. You know, and I'm and like, saying, Trump, the, yeah. I said, there's a bunch of players in the NBA. Like, if he wanted to talk to someone, like, who more who are way smarter than he is. Who could have like taught like how the hell we go through these things? Like I'm, I'm just saying, like it's he has resources. He he, like, he can just pick up a phone and, and call someone. Like it's like he yeah. has that. He has a chance to do. Sorry, yeah, sorry. He went to Duke, didn't he? He went to Duke. Yeah, he went right? to Duke. Yeah. 
Right. But like, but you know, like he went to UNC Chapel Hill, baby. Let's go. <laughs> what is with these colleges? Like... Uh, Rory's an elitist, but uh, yeah. the well, no, I'm okay. You UN, okay? UNC Chapel Hill is famous for being. I'm famous. just kidding. Not even elitist. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I think where it comes to athletes, like they're they're in an unfortunate position of being put to the question on matters that they're simply not equipped to handle. Yeah, yeah, like that. And, that and their college career, they're basically like all their college career is is really being rushed through classes and yeah. so that they can like they get their classes out of the way so that they can get adequate like eat, uh eat uh, food and rest to play basketball, to practice basketball, mm-hmm. to play basketball games. Like that's just that's their whole life, right? Without that then they're they're, they're nothing. So they're not going to learn a hell of a lot in university. And uh, by the time they get to the NBA, like everything that they've learned, they like falls away. It's no longer important to them. So, so, so I guess, sorry, are you thinking like the process that we like, we like, me and you all go through? Like he didn't go through, like whole, like, like, be, like, you, like, you're, you're no. not supposed to do like. I think it's one thing where with like. So I actually with, can answer this because I was yeah. I went to a very small but very good basketball school for undergrad, so I actually knew a lot of like basketball players. It's not at all the same thing. Like it yeah. really is. Like you wake up. They take you to classes. They'll drive you around. Like, they'll have a yeah. car that literally takes you everywhere because they're worried that you might, like, like roll an ankle or something before you get there. So they limit the amount you walk off the court. <clears throat> and then as soon as you're, like, done with class, they immediately take you off to, like, go and, like, go to practice. And you're all of them are doing, like, the most basic, like, business administration because that's the simplest thing they can put you through. Yeah. You get enough credits to qualify with the NCAA to play on the court. And then even when you're doing that, you have tons of, like practically you have people that are doing your homework like for you that will like, yeah, literally like would get paid. Like I had to like coach a few of them on like econometrics because I was like a math major that was also in the class. So I like got paid by the school to basically do their homework for them. I mean, I, I didn't, but like pretty much like work them to the answer as much as possible. Cause they only had an hour to get their homework done for that class. Right. So it, it really is like, you are, you are basically doing the most perfunctory performance in college even, and maybe it's different at Duke, but mm, I mean, is Duke Jesuit College? <laughs> Heard no, they called okay. him Koofy Kyrie on Duke's campus. <laughs> yes. Well, the, well, the thing about Kyrie is right. Like, yeah. he reminds me so much of like, so like, like some of the black kids that I grew up around in like suburban New Jersey, bro. Like, I, I can tell you, yeah. like, like these whole but it's the thing. But he, but he didn't grow up. Just, but he didn't like, grow he up just, like that. Is that character to me? No, no. But he didn't grow up like that, though. Is what I'm trying to say. He he grew up like. I would say a fairly rootless existence, at least for like the formative early years. So I can see how he ends up like that. Like, I'll say that like what really, you know, put me down the avenue of history was just like how little I fit in with other kids because I ended up having to move around so much. So I became very inward looking and getting into like my family history and getting into the history of black people and stuff like that held a lot of meaning for me. So I, I can, I can see how that, that happens with him. But the problem is, if you don't have the proper academic like guide rails, it can take you into some very fucking weird places. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. This, I mean, the same thing happens with like white guys who have like marble bust avies on Twitter. 
know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same. They'll thing. say like, they'll say really weird this. shit. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They'll look at like like gothic architecture and think that this is like the pinnacle of human achievement. How, how did they manage to do this without calculators and cell phones? It's, like, it's, it's fucking levers and pulleys and shit. I don't know, like carpenters' triangles. Like, come on now. So it, yeah, like there's there 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 is the aspect of like uh, trying to do intellectual uh, work and historical work in public on the fly. I would never advise to do that. At the same time, I can get where he's coming. And I, I just don't think that he's, I don't think that he's one of those dudes that is like trying to push some, like push an idea onto anybody else. I think he's just very much trying to discover things about his own history that he feels has been taken from him or has been lost along the way. But the only thing is, I don't think he really has anybody in his personal life because I, I recognize this in people that talk about this kind of stuff on, on social media, especially they just don't have people they can talk to about this shit. And unfortunately, they talk yeah, about I, it publicly. Yeah, I, mean, listen, I would say, I, I like, on the grand scheme of things, Kyrie is not a bad guy. I think Kyrie, I think Kyrie for the most part, is a pretty good person. Like, I, like he's, yeah. like, 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 in balance, I, like, I don't think he's, like, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't like the way some people would characterize Kyrie, but I also, yeah. like, think, like, he, I think he's smarter than this. I think he's, like, I think he needs, like, he, like, he needs to find his, like, one of his people or, or whatnot. Like, I think he's, I think he, I think, I think there's, like, a path for Kyrie, like to be way better than this than he is than what, what, what he's doing currently. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and I also didn't get the sense like with Kanye West, where I do think that Kanye West is purposefully stoking it. Like I, I really do think that Kanye West knows exactly what he's doing. I, 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 I think Kanye is a troll for like yeah. Well, like, I don't think Kyrie is. I, I think he just. But like, Kanye is also just incredibly. He's like he's. He's incredibly gifted in one area and has a severe deficit in, in most others. Yeah, he has like a slight like narcissism going on. Like it's slight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really know Kanye that well, but I'm just, I mean, I can only judge from like my like point. Like, um, plus, like you know what? I blame what's what was the what was the? Oh my gosh, he was dating. Um, he was dating this this girl before that, and then she ended Julia up in the bed of some R&B. No, no, he was he was no no not Kanye uh, Kyrie. Oh, oh wait. He was dating, some girl that ended up in the bed of a uh, an R&B singer. Uh, it'll come back to me. Kalani? Pardon me? Kalani? Yeah, Kalani. This is all her fault. This is all is her fault. All her fault? Is it, oh, yeah, it's all her fault. You know, listen, whatever, like, whatever, you, whatever kind of wild shit you see Kyrie on, it's Kalani's fault. She fucked his head up. I mean, Kalani, I mean... Kalani, like, her rebrand is what? I mean, I think she rebranded. She's like... I have never she's... seen Kalani post anything on Instagram without somebody at some point soon, within, like, the first 10 to 15 minutes, saying, you didn't have to do Kyrie like that, girl. Fuck what's wrong well, with you. That's you have to do like that. Well, like, wait, we, we follow, you follow her on Instagram? Like, that's, that's just random. No, 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 no. When, when she makes posts on Instagram, for any reason whatsoever, any reason that she posts... Somebody in her post will say, "You didn't have to do Kyrie like that." Yeah. Happens all the time. Wait, okay? wait, wait, she cheated on him with like an, she an cheated R&B. on him with an R and B. Like she posted a picture, like she posted a picture on Twitter of her in some other dude's bed while they were dating. That's just so interesting. I mean, she's like she's. I think she's she's gay now, so that's. Like... Is she? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, she is. Anyway, she's it's like, all it's all her fault. Yeah, I blame she's her. like the lesbian queen on like on twitter and, and social media she's pretty much like, like it's all i see with, with Kalani. whatever I, I blame her but all right i'm gonna we're gonna take uh one last call so uh Gio, appreciate the input 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate. Yeah. Always, always a pleasure talking to you, bro. No problem. Yeah. Thanks for coming through. All right, HT. Last caller. What's up, bro? Hey, Colonel Gaddafi back here. I know a different account. Blah blah blah. Oh God. Did you get banned because you're like blowing up everybody's chat? What's going on, man? I didn't get banned. I just lost the phone number. I was tied to the last one because that phone got blown up. Oh, Long well, story. I'll go into it. It was, it was a it was a peaceful week on Colin when that happened. Eh, I guess. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> um. I just want to share a little bit of a funny story involving real-life politics here in my state that I had a hand in. Okay. Uh, here's how I will illustrate this for you, uh, Q. On Ballotpedia, look up the name John Joseph Magula. John Joseph what? Magula. It's, Magula? It's, 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 it's Nigerian. Okay. Oh. This better have something to do with what we were talking about, or else I'm going to ban you from the from the, from the show. What's up? Okay, Ballotpedia. Also, can, I, can I say like if like I'm I'm trying to imagine like a version of Street Fighter where like they're all from Cameroon and like they have different names. I want to say this really quick, about except for that. except for M Bison, who just has the space in between M and Bison. While you're looking this, out. while you're looking, while you're looking this <laughs> up, I do want to say this about the UFC. I do want to say this about the UFC. Thank God John Jones is back. That's all I really have to say about the <sighs> I don't know, man. Like I'm just happy sorry. he's back. That's the most yeah, hold on. John Joseph, how do you spell his last name? Um M A G O O L A. And now he was in a recent like um midterm election. And look up okay. the results for that one. Okay. Uh uh Okay, it's saying John Magula. Uh, Michigan House of Representatives. Yeah, look up the results for the last election he was in. Uh, uh, I don't know. Hang on. Uh, John Magula. Okay. Uh, Emily Devendorf, 62%. John Magula, Republican, (laughs) 37.6. I call that loss. Huh? I handed over a bunch of oppo to the to his opponent. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait! So you knifed a black candidate? Well, yeah, for a for a white woman. You have yeah. to understand something, uh, Q. This man yeah. is not. All on right, our we side. hold on, uh, Paige, Doctor Umar, <laughs> Doctor Umar. Hold on, Q. Hold on, Doctor Umar Johnson to the waiting room. Q, 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 Q. Hear this out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out on this one. Hear me out. He is a straight-up comprador. That man is a fucking moony. He's okay. a moony. Like, like he's someone oh, who... Oh, the Sun Young Moon guy? Okay, yeah, wait, first, he's... First, of all, first of all, see, this is, how I, this, is, this, is, this is what I was trying to avoid. First of all, why the fuck are you bringing politics into our show? Why? Why? We, we've What's warned it? you. We've told you several... We don't do politics on here, man. Uh, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going around, turn around. I'm okay. turning around. I will. Okay. Let's go, I just uh, wanted to the, share that. John Jones. The I John just Jones. wanted to share that with you for a laugh. I'm. Right. I'm so. I'm. I'm sure you were very happy. What was Yapo anyway? What did. What did he do? Uh, let's just say I um, know some women who know some things about him, and we'll leave it at that's, that. Anyway, back to John that's Jones. what Oppo is. Speaking of dick pics, John Jones, everybody. <laughs> 
John Jones, everybody. I'm, no, I'm just serious. I'm happy he's back. I am legit happy he's back. I couldn't be happier to see that this kind of energy is back in UFC. Because it's just, I don't know why. But here's, it's just, like, here's the thing. I, I like, I like, I like his, like his character that he puts on uh, prior to his fights because he, he gets in his opponent's heads so much. And when he, when he dropped the nice guy act, because the, the, keep in mind, the reason that him and, and uh, Dan Cormier, the reason that uh, they, them two had beef is apparently that uh, when they met backstage at a fight, um, John had said, oh, oh, so you're, you're Daniel Cormier. And, and uh, DC was like new to the UFC at the time. And he says something like, um, oh, so you're a wrestler, huh? Well, I bet I could beat you. And DC took that really personally. And because, and you know, he was like an accomplished Olympic wrestler and so on. And if that was true, because even DC said, like, yeah, he said that he could beat me. And, you know, like, why is he why is he trying to test me like that? I'm just like, bro, like, you're an accomplished Olympic wrestler. You know, if somebody makes a joke like that, even if they are serious, like, who fucking cares? Let it go. I mean, why you, yeah, but at the same time, that it's like, I mean, yeah, but it's also the same time, like. It's a, it's a sack tap. You know, you know what a sack tap is, right? Oh, no, no, I know what it is, but it's like. Yeah, when you talk about fighting sports, people get into these weird sort of ego places. Like, who I sometimes cares. I mean, like you know, you know who I really liked. Like, I mean, I liked Mighty Mouse, right? Like the, again, because Mighty Mouse, people would talk all kinds of shit about him. They would say that he's like you know like a, a, a lackluster fighter, this that, and that. And he would just walk in and beat them. He didn't have to talk shit about them. He didn't have to be mean. He didn't have to do none of that stuff. That's not exactly what I mean. I mean, I mean right. more in like the. I mean more in like terms of like the different like scenes of different like fighting styles like bjj guys will talk about a, won't talk about a fighter the same way like um, hey, like, um bros uh, are you are you don cormier of uh new brunswick uh, <laughs> hazelton new brunswick uh, no, I said, uh, well damn, i do well i do give people at my job betting uh betting tips that actually tend to work out for them so oh no no i saw people lost their shirts on that fight people were betting on gone i don't know why they did that Dog, I got people at my job like winning money up when they took my uh pick on the uh Super Bowl, and I was like, "How did no one else think that they, that the Chiefs were gonna win?" Uh, I, I don't know, bro. But, but yeah, um, but back to John but he Jones. fought. Uh, he fought. He also fought. Uh, sorry, I was I was thinking of um the Cuban MMA fighter, the dude who's just built like he he's built so so powerfully. That when built fighters... like, you mean the motherfucker who's built like Doomslayer, but talks like, but talks like Miguel Ferrer, uh, Yoel Romero. Yeah, that's what it is. Yo, Yoel, he, okay, the guy, he, the way that people describe him is they say that the guy is built so powerfully that when you hit him, it hurts you. It's like it's like punching a bronze statue, right? No, no, I've heard I've heard a perfect analogy for what he is. They said he's the Cuban version of Mongo from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep. No, as as word is bond. But the thing is, but he's also a guy that Romero. He's he's like a he's a funny dude, right? But he doesn't talk a lot of shit. He just kind of does his thing, and that's one of the reasons that he didn't really. Like, I don't know if he's he still fighting in the UFC. But what, one of the reasons. One of the reasons if he's he not in the UFC. Yeah. Check Bellator. They always get whoever gets dropped. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, the, like. He was not a yeah you know what I think yeah I think he is with Bellator. He's not an aggressive fighter. He's a fighter that's like happy to hang back and wait for his opponent to make a mistake. Um, and he's also like a fairly nice guy. Yeah, like he's assertive, but he's not 
he's not a heel character. That's what I was trying to say before. That Dana White like tries to force all of his MMA fighters to be heels. You can't all be El Kukui. You can't all be... Yeah, that doesn't make know, sense. Everyone can't be... The- yeah, you can't all be the Diaz brothers. You can't all be Conor McGregor. Like, you can't all be heels. You have to have guys Actually, that, that's like... one thing I, I wanted to yeah. ask you. Let's say Conor managed to bump up a few weight classes and the same one as John Jones. Conor's... Connor's he's done. Too short. He's done. I'm just saying, yeah. in another lifetime where he didn't get his legs shattered in no, four no, 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 no. His, no, but Conor's problem also is that... Uh, his limbs are actually fairly short for somebody who's so good at striking, right? Like even uh, at the even at the lighter weight classes, the like even at the the uh, you know at the the flyweight, uh, the featherweight, so on. Like the strikers will have very long limbs. I just don't think that Conor McGregor, his body type, wouldn't work in any other weight class. Yeah, he has what I like to call the Steven Seagal body. I, I mean, he he is like he's well trained, and he's no like, no, he's, no 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 no. Yeah. You don't understand what I mean by that reference. You no, know, with the short, yeah, he, he has the short limbs. You know who else is like no, that? No, is no, no, not exactly that. I mean, like what? the type of he has the type of body of people that you usually see who actually perform uh, aikido, which is oh what, okay, 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 yeah. Like aikido, you know is who like else a, is like that? You know who else is like that? Is uh, Artem Lobov? You know him? I. I think I do. Is that that one weird Serbian dude? Every every picture you see Lobov take, it looks like somebody photoshopped his arms, like like they gave him like they photoshopped his natural arms out and gave him tiny arms. You know how bad? No 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 no. I know exactly what you mean because it reminds yeah. me of like on the original cover for the firm when it clearly was a Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, no, he's he's it's weird, but yeah, I, just, I don't think Conor McGregor would work out in any other weight class. He's like his body is just not, it's not see, proportionate see, enough. See, I knew it, I knew it. I, I think Style Bender, I think I think Adesanya could move up the heavyweight if he wanted, if he really wanted. To. I don't think he could fight that well because just because of his fighting style. Um, I, I will yeah, say McGregor, this McGregor, though. No way. I will say this though, in terms of like one thing I've been wondering about, like th- there's been talk about like certain fighting styles starting to get more and more introduced into the UFC. That's yeah. and one I wanna see that probably get introduced more is uh Muk- uh Mukumbusu, which is out of the Republic of Congo. It's basically mil- it's a basically a military based fighting style that was used to drive out the out the Belgians. It's a fun oh, okay. it's awesome. It is awesome. You gotta see Wait, is that the one it. where the guys like 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 rope up one hand? No 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 that's Dombe. Okay. That's Nigeria. Yeah that's right that's right. You're right. You're right. Like that one's Nigerian. I'm talking like a country that's like closer to like towards closer to like Burkina Faso. Okay. Like that's the type I'm talking about. Like, like if you want to see what it kind of looks like, look up the movie Who Killed Captain Alex. Everyone in there's doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just that. I I just think that uh, you know you know who actually I think could move up a weight class maybe even two and still maintain his uh like still maintain a, like a a at least a positive fighting streak is uh islam islam makajev the guy that trains with uh habib the, the dagestani dude oh no no exactly i completely yeah he, he's got he's all long he's got long enough limbs that he can move up weight classes and not what's like, the name i'm trying to remember his name what's the name of the uh nigerian dude who's the heavyweight champ for a while nigerian dude heavyweight yeah. champ who am i, I thinking don't know that of? any nigerian has ever been a heavyweight champ he had I'm some title him. one of them had one welterweight do you mean kamaru uzman that's what I'm thinking of. Do you think he could yeah. go up any? I think he could. 
Uh, he's relatively short, though. So he would have like a he would have like one of those uh like he would have like a DC deficit where he's he's probably like too short to be effective and competitive. Although like, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that because DC actually did win a championship um at heavyweight, but I just don't think that Usman could move up a, a weight class and overcome that tight deficit. <laughs> I was gonna I was about to make a very I think good... I think the only like there's only a couple of fighters that I would say like yeah they could definitely move up a weight class maybe even two. And and still be competitive is uh, Islam and uh, Izzy Adesanya. It's just that Adesanya's style, like he's he's a he's a very uh, striking heavy competitor. I I don't see him moving up weight class um, and oh, not God. getting like folded in half. Yeah. As, as soon as you said he's too short, why don't why did my mind immediately go to go to Chris Benoit? I had to turn my whole brain around. Like, listen, no. man. Okay, get <laughs> before you get our show canceled. I'm All not right. gonna say it. <laughs> I'm just Gaddafi, saying. Gaddafi, great talking to you. Welcome back. Stop fucking up our show. Nice. Have a good one, bro. Have a good one. Also, can All I right, say, you, to yeah, end this one off, I yeah. while I was while you guys were like going into the deep floor of UFC, yeah. I found a uh, like a list of like the countries with the number like with the highest to lowest number of um, like self-reported men when their sexual partners. By number. Okay. So it's like, you know, most like self-reported number of sexual partners of men, according to Statista. Okay. What do you think country number one is? Number one. Oh, wow. Wait, wait. So like self-reported, like. So uh, like they asked like, them. We're, like, we're basically how... like where men get the most pussy is what you're trying to say? Exactly. <clears throat> or at least the most pussy from the most different, the, the widest variety. Most strange. The most say. strange. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you think? Italy? No. No. Um. Oh wow. More uh, south. South or, of Italy. Morocco. Well, east. Southeast. Kind. Well, just east, east. I don't know. Like fucking Egypt. <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> they're they're bullshit. Really? They're not, I I think they're bullshitting us. I think. Yeah. Because it goes okay, so it's Turkey, Australia, and Australia, hundred percent, I believe. I can New see Zealand, that. Iceland, South Africa, Finland, Norway, Sweden, then Italy. So it's like a bunch, of, and then it's like Turkey, number one, like bullshit, bull fucking shit. I don't know if I. I do it. not I believe that, man. Yeah. I am so sorry. Like that yeah. is. Maybe they're trying to get out of like conscription, and it's just like there's one Turkish guy that's just like fucked every other Turkish guy. There's like <laughs> one like power bottom that's just been like <laughs> that's yeah, just, just like totally throwing the numbers off. Because yeah, uh, yeah, the one at the bottom is actually uh, what would possess you to go and look that up? It, it was just like on it was on Reddit. I've been I've been getting into Reddit ever since I like, mostly just gave up Twitter. Um, oh God. Okay. Well. Okay. The, the, it's the, been the nice following you. The bottom two countries, neck and neck, China, China and India. India. No, China, oh, and India. China and India. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. Uh, the U.S. actually, you know who else is neck and neck? U.S. and Canada. Uh, we're like I'm assuming we're like middle of the pack somewhere. Yeah, we're middle of the pack. Uh, Ten point seven. Uh, the highest is Turkey with fourteen point five. Bullshit. Followed so wait, by like fourteen point five lifetime partners or or life like lifetime. Smashes average average number of sexual partners. I don't I don't really know what. Yeah, that I'm not means. sure what that means. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I'm assuming that it's. I'm assuming that it just means like when. And I'm going to say like, is, so is the U.S. ahead of Canada, or is Canada ahead of the U.S.? We're the same. Ten point seven. Really, I'm kind of shocked actually, because once you get out of like the urban centers in Canada, they'd be doing a lot of fucking. And same thing with the U.S. too. Yeah, I guess. Um, true, but there's a lot less to do in rural Canada. It's just it's cold. There's a lot to do in in the rural U.S. Like other than. I mean, like rural, like in the, the rural southern states, there's shit to do. There you can do like weird outdoor stuff in Canada in rural areas, especially like once it hits the wintertime. There's nothing to do besides fuck. Yeah, I mean, like, well, it depends. Like, if you're in like rural, like Minnesota or something in the summer, it's miserable. It's just, it's That's like true. muggy. It's hot. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah, it's oppressive. Oh, uh, both of us. It looks like both of us beat out Russia uh, with only nine. Um, huh. The Czech Republic right behind. Interesting. Brazil at The nine. Czech Republic behind? Brazil behind? Yeah. No, no. They're, they're throwing off the stats. They're underreporting. No way. I Well, here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of people in Brazil. There's probably some weird Catholic guys in Brazil. I don't know. Not in the, in the Czech Republic? No. no, no not in the Czech Republic. Well, the Czech Republic, maybe. Uh, <laughs> like, have, you, like, have you been to the Czech Republic? Yeah. Czechia? Okay. They do a lot of fucking in Czechia. That, well, like, but there's also maybe like a lot that don't, right? Like, yeah, so. I mean, I could see. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think maybe that maybe Australia and New Zealand is are like are kind of like moving in on their turf because those guys are just drunk. I don't know. I'll, I will say, everywhere. like, when I went to, like, I did like a jaunt. I went, for, I went for like a company trip, uh, a company like retreat in uh, Florence in 2019. And after that, like I did a like a little mini jaunt through Europe, and I ended up in Czech Republic. That was like my final. Sorry, my final stop was actually Milan, Italy, but that was like my Eastern World stop was in Prague. And I will tell you, like, it is not often. Like, if I was to like go to downtown Toronto, you know, just like dressing up like in like my athleisure apparel, just like you know, like or like a uh, you know jeans, fucking hoodie, you know, ball cap, whatever, just like just just hanging out. I would not normally if I if I was to go to like some bar or whatever. I'm not going to get approached. It's not going to happen. When I went to Czechia, I probably had to turn down more people while I was in Czechia. Like, uh, you know, sorry. Nope. Married. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm very flattered, but uh, I'm taken. Thank you very much. Then I had in the like last 20 years of yeah, my life. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a weird thing. Spain is also very low on the list, which. Yeah. See, no, I, I just, I don't believe this. Uh, but I here's the thing. I didn't know. There could be, right? There could be like. Because, like, Italy is, well, like, Italy... I don't know, dog. Yeah. I mean, there's here's the they're, thing. Like, no, they're really fucking horny in Spain, bro. And same with Italy. They're incredibly horny in Italy. Oh, well, Italy's really high. They're at, like, 12. They're, they beat all... Okay. They beat us, for sure. No, but okay. Spain... Like, because here's the thing. There's weird... Like, the problem is that you go to, like, weird parts of, like, the country. Or you, you go to, like, the most built-up parts of the country. It's like, can you go to, like, the rural Czech Republic? There's some, like, kind of weird people. Like, it gets... It gets U.S. levels of like weird religious subgroups. Like there, there are bizarre people in that, like in that category. I mean, they are the descendants of people that, like, I don't know, that like uh, killed various other Christian sects for having the wrong view on some particular saint, just like slaughter entire villages. So I guess I could see that. 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like, yeah, you know, and so, no, there are people in, like, all of those. Um, France is actually pretty low, too, like, 8.1. Huh. Again, I could see it, though. I, listen, Again, listen, listen, listen. Fucking Welbeck, okay? Welbeck is a pussy hound. So oh, if yeah. there's French women out there just, like, Lining up to smash Maurice Welbeck. I, I but there just, are I don't, there I don't there are like there look, there are Bollywood oh. actors who are total poon hounds too. But like, uh, but okay, sorry, no, like, sorry, not Maurice. Michelle Welbeck is what I'm thinking about. But like, Bollywood actors are at least charismatic. Michelle Welbeck is a miserable fuck. And yet, okay, here's here's the weird one. Uh, both Canada, well, actually, uh, United Kingdom gets beaten out by Japan, which I think is bullshit. I I think. Yeah, I'm like, I don't... Although, honestly, I don't know, though. Because Japan is weird, I will say. Like, I had a Japan friend... Is str- Japan is an odd place. I think people kind of, like, overstate how weird Japan is. Like, every country has its own weird shit. I think no, Japan... No, and when I say weird, it's yeah. like, it doesn't... I should, I should maybe bet it for The social dynamics of Japan are somewhat strange. Yes, I agree. No, no, no. It's not even that. It's that your expectation of what it is was very different. Like, I have a friend okay. who went to Japan, and he was, like, straight... He, like, he thought it was, like, oh, yeah, people would be, like... Because it has this, like, reputation for being like, very polite, very, like, standoffish. And he was, like... I was getting, like, groped at the club. It was weird. Like, people were, like, yeah. very handsy with me in a way that, like, other places, like, it was not... They would I not think it depends been. on where you go to. But he was just saying that, like, of the places that he went to in Tokyo... That were, okay. and he was with like, he speaks Japanese fluently. Like, yeah. he is like very, very, like, he studied in college. He's like not yeah, yeah. a just random like tourist. Like, no, he was, and he was like, I was amazed. Like, I did not expect it. It was very yeah. weird. Uh, and they yeah. were like nicer, like nightclubs. So, here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Here, well, here's the, here's the thing, though, is that one thing about the Japanese is they don't drink. And when they drink, they drink to excess. Koreans are a lot true. like that, too. So, like, I could see that. Yeah, but then see, they beat out like get Russia blasted. and Bulgaria. So like, I could see Russia like calming down, especially with like the resurgent religious fervor in both countries. I, I could see yeah. it. But uh, Japan more than UK? I don't know. I don't know. I that's a, see that's an interesting one. Uh, both Canada and I or and US beaten out by Ireland, which I could also see. Uh, I could see that. Yeah, um, I mean the Irish are the Irish have a reputation for fucking, so that's not even yeah. Do we? Yeah, I mean for having kids, but not like that's that's from like one person, like not usually. <laughs> here's the thing. I, here's where here's my theory. I think that the countries, the number of sexual partners in each country is dependent on how early it is that people marry in those countries. Because I imagine I with Statista, it's going to be, like, it's going to skew to, like, 20s to 30s. Yeah. So for, like, yeah, like, Poland, I'd imagine, for example, because it is, like, such a conservatively Catholic Well, here's country. the thing. What is it about getting married that stops people from still racking up the body counts? Because, I mean, if we're talking about France well, people or Sweden. Can. Well, people can. France but, or Sweden, yeah. But, like, in India, for example, like, there is significant significant pressure for you to remain like and also like if you're living with parents that can also cause like issues like you know if you're living with parents like it's hard to like especially like religiously conservative parents like a lot of polish people like it's gonna be hard to have sex like where are you gonna like yeah so like i could definitely see that that playing a factor 
right? Um, and again, I, 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 again, I think that I think the Turks are just fucking bullshitting us as a whole. Fourteen point five. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck. Although maybe you know, like that, like full head of hair really does the number for them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. We should uh, we should wrap this up. This is a this this conversation took a turn that I was not expecting. Yeah, sorry, um, I did not expect to tur- that Turkey, long. Turkey, stop bullshitting. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of here. You, you filled our country with shitty shotguns, and now this. <laughs> now this. <laughs> all right, man. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, so I guess. Uh, well, I won't be seeing you on Wednesday this week, but uh, we'll be back. We'll be back uh, next week, Monday, nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard right. Time. And uh, yeah, watch out for the. Uh, we got some videos coming out too. We've got a very interesting interview with a person that I think a lot of you will love. Um, and we've got a, a really cool one coming up this weekend as well. His name is Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting to the bottom of the JQ, guys. That's what uh, I was all going to say. All right. Talk all right.